0: Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works and the Cosmere. Although today we're not going to be talking about the Cosmere, uh, we're going to be talking about Starsight. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm weary Rider. Also joining me is Alex. I'm Feather Rider. And also, you have a cat.
1: I do. Dalish <laughs> really wants to be in this one. She'll probably be back. Yeah. <laughs> also joining us is Shannon.
2: Hi, everybody. I'm Gray.
0: And lastly, we have someone with terrible webcam quality, and that's
3: Ben. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: so blur. Weird.
4: Wow. <laughs> blur.
3: Wow. I'm Ben, wow. Uh, also known as Overlord Jeebus. Ben
0: earlier is like when we're making fun of his webcam. It's like, you guys have dedicated webcams? I'm like, we're on video calls right now. Who
3: has dedicated webcams these days? Content
0: creators,
1: (laughs) Ben. I don't. I'm poor. That's why I haven't been on Shardcast. I'm like... That's right. (laughs) I'm too too poor for Shardcast. (laughs) So this might
0: not just be Shardcast today. This might be Saltcast as well. Because we're talking about Starsight. And, uh... Well, we, we have opinions. And I, I wanted to take this moment to just say, just because if, if you liked something and someone didn't, that doesn't mean that they're wrong. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. And just because if you didn't like someone something and someone else liked it, that doesn't mean that they're bad or wrong. And just because if you didn't like something... Oh, that doesn't mean it's badly written either. It just might not be to your taste. Uh, I think you know when we have to
3: when we have to open like this, you know it's going to be a good book. Yeah, I know, I know it's going to be. Say, it's sort of like
2: we're we we is a very contentious book and we hope that actually we have a full spread of of yeah. opinions. Like yeah, there, yeah. There's not a staff opinion about about this book even amongst us. It's like we have a very large spread. Um, oh, no, this
0: book we we have we have a large spread. Although generally mm-hmm. we are biased to like Brandon books, right? Like, just just to be clear, listener, if you randomly find us, we talk about Brandon Sanderson every every two weeks on the show and moderate Brandon Sanderson <laughs> things. We like Brandon Sanderson things. I know it's crazy. So um, we all have aren't a
1: hive mind. The,
5: yeah. <laughs> we all have works of his that we do not like, particularly enjoy.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. And so just just want to keep that in mind that uh we don't want to say this like, oh, if someone liked something you didn't or vice versa, that they're awful people because they're not awful people and we can be nice to each other even if we're like, hey, I liked or didn't like a piece of media. Mm-hmm. So talking about stars. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Let's I- start with like like our quick thoughts, and let's go round robin on here. Ian, what do you think about Star Sight?
5: It was not the book I was expecting. <laughs>
6: <laughs> That's true.
5: Yes. <laughs> um. It took me a very long time to realize what it actually was, because we we had definitely gotten to like star sight by the time i realized oh this is supposed to be the main plot okay <laughs> gotcha um but overall i liked it i liked how it ended and it's setting up some interesting things you good yeah that's your that's your hot take
1: <laughs> that's your I feel like I can just feel Eric storing No, interviews. no, no,
0: no, no, <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I,
1: I think we can all agree
0: StarSlide is not what we expected from the sequel to Skyward.
2: Uh, that, um, you should have waited until yeah. you got to me.
1: Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Do go, you to go next? Yeah, Alex, go go, go next. Oh, I was going to say Shannon could go Oh, next. yeah, she, Shannon, it's, go ahead. Yeah, great.
2: No, because I was about to say, actually, this is exactly the book I expected it to be. Exactly? And- yeah, nothing. N- absolutely, nothing about this was a surprise. Ex- you know, Brennan is good at derailing expectations, so there are things that I didn't think we would get to in this book. But it's exactly what I expected. Where this, where the series was going to go. So uh, I loved it. This is this is this is exactly what I thought. And um, I was always a big fan of Spence Spencer. She was always um, the central point to me. So everything about it was like her story, her development, and I just had a really, really great time.
1: Huh. Alex, what do you yeah. think? Uh, I also very much enjoyed Starsight. Um, I liked Skyward, but I wasn't like super obsessed with it. Um, it didn't have a lot of like super deep plot hooks that grabbed me as a reader. Like, oh yeah, this is totally my jam. Uh, whereas Starsight really did. Um, in, I think I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. Um, especially the idea of like moving out of the detritus as a setting and getting to interact with a bunch of different alien species like that was a plot that i was very into and enjoyed a lot
0: ben what do you think
3: i didn't like it uh-huh. i did not like it a lot <laughs> like,
4: okay why is that I,
3: ben i thought the first half i thought was really bad like i was i struggled because there's a lot of just getting Spencer to places and then explaining things to Spencer. like Spencer spends a lot of time just having things explained to her for the whole first half, and there was there was like the one there's like a space battle early on, and I'm like, "I don't know anyone who's involved in this space battle, so I don't care." and I'm like skip, I'm like skipping the the, the fighting because I'm like, I, just, I know Spencer's going to get out of this because I just don't, I just don't care." And then the second half was much better. There was, there was a, a moment I can identify Point it got better, but then it still never really... I just didn't like it.
6: Can't relate. Yeah. Can't relate? Yep. can <laughs> I,
0: I think the disconnect between you two is how connected you are with Spencer and her plotline. Because... <laughs> I really like
3: Spencer. I
1: just. I. I... See, I
0: thought that this was not really a Skyward sequel because I felt that the characters in Skyward would have been relevant in the sequel. And they were not. Just like straight up, like all the characters in Skyward Flight that you saw, you are not seeing like any of them, like after part one, like at all. Basically, mm-hmm. they are not relevant in the ending or anything. So you have to really like uh, Spencer and Embot to care about the book. I feel, and uh, I noticed on my reread that the interlude, the first interlude that we get into Tridus and like the battleships come, like I feel that existential tension again that I felt in Skyward that I really liked. That like, oh, every battle, like this, like people could die, like very serious stakes. The stakes were. Felt lower. It was a lot more political intrigue and uh very different yeah. in that respect. But I still liked it. Like this book is not about Detritus. Although there is some Detritus stuff. It is not about skyward flight. It is definitely not about skyward flight. Uh and I, I just thought that they would be relevant, and that's why I thought that this was not didn't really feel like a Skyward sequel and that was the part that surprised me I did expect that we would get more aliens I did expect a lot of that but I didn't expect it to be ah Spence is going to go infiltrate and going into another flight school of aliens like that was <laughs> y- you expected that Shannon in particular
4: um
2: yeah um, because I'm trying to, I, I didn't rewatch this, our star start predictions, but I'm trying to remember what I said. Um, and basically the idea that Spencer was going to be on her own, being the only one who has the ability to, to travel to the alien species and go live among them, whatever form that took, I didn't know it was specifically going to be being a spy and going to, and joining like in disguise and joining like a, a flight program. Not that specifically, but this whole concept, like, yeah, this is exactly what I was expecting. Like from what we got at the end of Skyward. Hmm. It was like, this was this was the only real direction I thought this could go. And oh. that's what we got.
1: I, yeah. It's also, it's also very interesting to me that you feel like uh, Star Sight was like a de-escalation. Yeah, absolutely. Because I definitely read it as an escalation.
2: I Yeah, this is just a different kind of tension. Like, this is like a spy thriller. It's not a war movie.
1: See, you know? part of... Um, the What I really liked about the transition from Skyward to Starsight is Skyward is about Spensa doing something she enjoys and is very personally talented at in terms of learning to fly a starfighter. Mm-hmm. And what I really liked was that Skyward... Sorry, Starsight. I'm going to mix those up this yeah. whole time. <laughs> I uh, think you mean Starward or Skyflight <laughs> oh, <laughs> Stop, stop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Starsight took Spencer and suddenly shoved her into a situation that she has no training for and no interest or aptitude in. She's not a great liar. She's not good at, you know, she's not trained to be a spy. She's never had any kind of intercultural interaction with anything ever. And now all of a sudden she's in this alien city hub pretending to be someone she's not. And so that felt like more of a high personal stakes to me of, We're going from Spensa learning to do something she likes to Spensa, you're in a super dangerous situation. You're not good at this, but you don't have the luxury of being bad at it. Mm -hmm. You're Um, the only one who can do this. I guess. Right. If you want to get home, you got to figure this out and stay two steps ahead. And I loved that as like a personal character growth sort of. Here's a new challenge for you. It's not something you like anymore. I guess. But you still got to overcome it.
0: I still liked the book until part five and then the book completely (laughs) fell apart for me like i it wasn't what i was expecting right uh that i expected skyward flight to be relevant and it wasn't that was the surprise to me uh but I, i was i was really enjoying it uh but i i have very serious issues with the ending and it completely fell apart and i feel very deflated about the entire series now
3: I wasn't expecting to be the most negative. I thought, uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, that that when we left Detritus, I wasn't, it wasn't that I was, okay, first things, I did go back and I listened to our uh, StarSight. Oh, good, I didn't do that. Uh,
4: Okay,
6: good, (laughs) because you might be
2: the only one who has this information (laughs) from a year Um,
3: ago. I went back and I listened to it and like, well done to us because we got it like, on point, like for almost everything yeah, that we yeah. said in that podcast was a hundred percent right, um and so it was a lot of what I was expecting. It just didn't play out how i was how I was expecting because I was expecting it to play out in a way that I where I'd enjoy it, uh, and I i just it, for me it wasn't that the it was it was losing the characters, losing Skyward flight losing Cobb, yeah. mm-hmm. not seeing them for the vast majority of the book. I realized how much attached to them I was when we weren't and like Spencer on her own is good but I just did I just wasn't like I just wasn't that swept up in it I just
5: yeah I guess like losing Skyward flight was surprising to me but it, it wasn't super critical for me
6: mm-hmm. cuz
5: like this is Skyward is spencer's book like it's like it it always like skyward yeah skyward flight is important but kind of in terms of their relationships with spencer so the fact that like it's like spencer went and found like a new group of uh, a flight members like i didn't feel like we lost anything from not having skyward flight like yes it would have been nice to have them but like based on how the book was, we couldn't have taken them with us.
0: Yeah. Like, like I completely agree. That because like, how it
5: happened. Yeah.
2: I, I I think that uh Jorgen being in the interludes was sort of like I think Brennan actually could have like left it for book three. I think the reason I think the reason that he didn't was just to like just is like uh, th- that's that's the signal that they're still going to be important in the future it's just that this was they couldn't be on this specific adventure <laughs> uh, yeah it was sort of like yeah that, that's kind of like how i saw the interludes was just like um like reminder and like you know set up that like they are going to be coming back um it was sort of like i think it would have been more what's the word i want unbelievable i would i wouldn't have i wouldn't have bought it if the the development of like the the first citizens like everyone who has the cytonics suddenly got them in time to be relevant to to the book like i thought that would have been especially with like the the short timeline that this actually takes place over it's like what like two weeks it's really two weeks weeks, a month maybe yeah wow Like very very short time i don't think there was there was any kind of way um that i would have believed or liked to get them there to be relevant it's just sort of like they are going to be in the future like in my opinion like this is going to be very human uh centered it's, it's it's about the humans in this book even if they're not actually shown so it was just i i thought that it was just like a quick reminder like hey uh don't forget about them they're not going away but just here you go set up
0: i guess I just felt like there was a really good opportunity for Skyward Flight and Spencer's New Flight to actually come together at the end. And that just didn't happen at all. Like, yeah, it just didn't happen. That's something yeah. I
1: wish happened as well. And Even though I did really like the book, that was something I kind of wanted to see them like interacting over comms. Yeah. In the fight, like, trying to get braid together, maybe you know, something like that.
0: Yeah. Like, and that better happen. Or else I will be even more salty because (laughs) like that, I felt that that needed to happen. And I don't know. I, I got really attached to the Skyward crew and like, yeah, it's about Spence's story, but also like we got the entire training It was flight school, like, you don't have Harry Potter, and it's like, after book one, it's like, it's Harry's adventure, we're never seeing Ron and Hermione again, ever. And it's like, (laughs) it's like a kind of a turn there, Uh, even though I understand it all makes sense that uh, it's Spencer who has to go because she has the Cytonics, I get that.
2: I agree that there was a turn. But that turn happened at the end of Skyward, not the beginning of this one is my opinion. It's sort of like the ending of, of Skyward, that last chapter where everything is revealed about like the Krell and what is actually going on mm-hmm. is like the signal that the, that the genre is about to change. So in my opinion, like that was very much the signal. And that's like, and maybe that was why, cause like the entire time in between books, I was like, yeah, we're about to get something totally different. I kind of would have been more disappointed if we got more of the same
5: yeah Mm -hmm. i can i i definitely hadn't thought about it that way but i definitely see that because up until that point we have like one view on like what is happening and then we get like oh no this is like very politically driven like yeah like there's far more going on here than
2: yeah i just am personally really surprised that that, more, that people were expecting st- Starsight to be more of the same because, like, to me, like, the signal was very clear at the end of Skyward that it was going to take a hard turn from, like, Top Gun war movie into this is gonna now going to become a, like, a sci-fi um, exploration of, like, different peoples, plus Delvers, you know, plus I, Eau
3: I, I, the point you're making about this not being more of the same, um, we've just, we had a book about... It's true. Spencer ...in a flight school... Uh, trying to yeah. do some sneaky stuff, sneaking around, yeah. you know, and, trying to get people got. and then we got another book where she goes to a different play school and has to do some sneaky stuff, sneaking around and I'm like, for me, it, it's because it was so like, so they were about, uh, I want to say, what a, a long time ago, way before the official descriptions were just were released, <laughs> yeah, that
6: right. magazine,
3: some random <laughs> magazine managed to get the synopsis and published yeah. it in thing. And, uh, that synopsis sounded terrible. And that's what we got. And I, I was remember like, oh, no. you, I remember this and I was like, oh Ben. <laughs> I was oh, like I remember ben. messaging like and uh, I remember messaging you guys and being like, man, if this is the book, I'm not gonna enjoy this book.
0: <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, I mean Yeah. It, well yeah, it's like, oh, it's totally different, but it's not totally different because of Spencer going to flight school again. So it's yeah. like, yeah, we're we're getting new things. And I will say I loved the alien politicking and learning about the superiority and I think the races and Mm -hmm. species in starsight are top notch i like (laughs) i loved reading about all that i loved reading about like figments figments are awesome Dionys are super cool and that mattered a lot that that was probably wow that's not
3: (laughs) i think you're
1: very on that
3: (laughs) <laughs> that's fine good old Japanese.
1: that works uh, sorry I,
0: I i pronounced it japanese alex uh, sue me
1: no, no no worries i actually have sue a, me. a very controversial opinion about oh yeah star site races oh yeah um i didn't like the kitson
4: Ah uh, yeah i know you're one I know. of them <sighs>
1: I, I think you're wrong, but you're... Yeah, penis, I, I agree. They, okay, so they grew on me by the end of the book. But when they were originally introduced, I was like, no, I hate this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I think part of that was because I was so, like, starry-eyed over... Ooh, all of these like alien cultures and all of these new and interesting races, and also this Japanese mythology reference yeah. that is basically <laughs> just lived wholesale. And I'm like, what is this doing? No, no, here? no! They like, teleported to Earth with Cytonics, It's, it's fine. Like, it oh makes yeah, sense. They interacted with old Earth. That's why. And I was like, this feels lazy in the midst of a stellar cast of other aliens. <laughs> what's stellar, happening huh? here? Uh-huh. I mean, as but, soon as they
5: translated the ship name as the big enough to kill you, I'm like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did love yes. them, but I understand that it can feel lazy. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I get that.
3: They, As I've just who, seen
2: it who, done so many other times, so many other ways. This was like, it's fine.
3: As someone who doesn't know Japanese mythology, they were a, a Japanese mythology reference? Yeah,
1: yeah. the kitsune are like little, little fox people in Japanese oh, okay. mythology. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not even uh, pronouncing a dot! No, sorry, yeah. Kitsune. No, yeah. thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> but uh, you know how to do this. Yeah, Alex. I, I do. Um, <laughs> I definitely like. It had to be one of those things where the characters like won out over my. Hi, Hi. hello. What is your <laughs> um, opinion on Star Side, Taylor? What did you think of the <laughs> alien races? uh they won out over like my dislike of their inclusion in the book. So. I guess
2: like that moment, like I I get that, but that moment where the characters won was just immediate because Hesha was awesome.
1: <laughs> Hesha was awesome, <laughs> and like I love so the- likable. I did I, like their fake democracy. That I love their yes, fake that democracy. Was little, that, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, like,
5: the, the, there was one line where it's like, yes, it's, it's so hard being from, like, a democracy and not a shadowed dictatorship. We're
3: totally not doing yeah, this
0: to get
5: into the superiority,
0: guys.
3: The, the bit when they're talking and the lady is like, oh, we all voted against what you recommended, and the superiority is saying that's proof you're still meddling, and he's like, hmm, and they're like, what if we just completely voted randomly on everything? This yeah. <laughs> is like, great yeah. call. That That's fa- perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, they, yeah. I did like that, which that was the part that felt like original world building for them. Also, yeah, if my camera that, shakes, I think that's it's fair. because Dalish is hitting her head against the laptop. <laughs> She's
4: so hi, good. Hi. Are <laughs>
1: you <doing>? uh,
0: <laughs> Alien race right here. Uh, Don't hang up the call. I loved Figments were awesome. Like just figments are great.
5: Figments
3: are weird. but awesome. were, My favorite favorite race was the figments. Absolutely. Easy. So
0: cool. Uh Diones. Ah oh, god. That hurts. That hurts, guys. <laughs> to say dions, th- It's
1: like diode, but with an N instead yeah. of a D. Mm-hmm.
0: But that makes a big difference to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. But whatever, um, they were awesome. I love, yeah, I love their right and left genders, and the fact mm-hmm. that they also had the, like all of their whole stuff. And Moriamur was an amazing character. I thought yes, oh, I they absolutely
0: were great. agree. Being able to go through the Delver Maze and yes. it, just like that being the solution was on point that was so good
2: it was perfect and, it was like the perfect setup and then it's like you get to the the reveal it's like of course of course this works
4: yes,
5: that was, yes. that was, that was the best. i did reread some sections and there's one point where uh spensa is talking with hey show and like when they they were first going in and she's like she mentions like if this were a real delver you would all probably be seeing different things
1: Oh yeah, you're right. That yep. is probably a good little foreshadowing of, yep. of Morie yep. I also loved the Kuna's smile reveal. Yes, oh, I, I really, really like that, that too. Done. That was
0: another very
1: great moment.
5: Kuna was a great character.
1: Oh, uh, I like, love them so much.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. and there's the scene where Spencer and Moriamur go to like the Water Garden.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
5: And she comments on like, oh yes, this is how Dione's like smile. They just like draw their lips mm. into a line, and it's so, like it should have like <laughs> clicked. I can't yeah. do it. It's like, Kuna <laughs> is smiling, but like that's not a Dione thing. So they're What's just going doing it there? bad. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's also such. Like a quick way to characterize someone to like a human audience is like, oh, they have a predatory smile. We're like, yeah. mm, don't trust. Yeah, that's, right. a, that's a bad character off the bat. Like we all would have probably made the same assumption that's probably and stuck with it. That was great. When you're reading a
2: human expression in an alien face. You're like, oh, this this vibe is bad because <laughs> of course Spencer has never tried to read an expression on a non-human face.
0: Yeah. There's so much that I liked about Starsight, and like re- hearing about this, I'm like, yeah, that was really cool. That was really fun. It's like before we the- move on. <laughs> oh.
3: <Yeah. laughs> what, yeah. I didn't like Morima's uh, reveal at the end. Yeah? Because really? I know this is a Brandon Sanderson book. Plotting where everything falls into place is what is what to be expected, and it's what we're reading for. When that reveal came, I was like, oh, so the, the Dione gimmick basically only exists for this moment. It felt really gimmicky. It felt like is not a character anymore. is just a a way of getting past this problem. Like, we have a problem, and this character exists purely just to get around that problem, because I didn't really... Yeah, it just felt really gimmicky. So I was quite liking Morima, and then that happened, and I was like, oh... Mm they're only here for that that's, what, that's why
0: they this makes me want to talk about the ending Ben <laughs> Shall we talk about <laughs> yes. the ending? We could. Or, not, not yet go. Um, yeah.
6: I
2: just I wanted to say one more thing about the Kuna sure uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just a very I thought this was a great through line again going back to my starsight predictions about Spence and needing to learn um, in both books This is like looking beyond herself and like the reaching out and like to understand other people. This is something that she that this is that she did in Skyward for her fellow crewmates that, you know, like not everything is about her own real trauma and like and, and her reactions to her trauma, but that like other people need different things from her. I think that's like Spencer has been really great for is that like she has... She has a very outward, strong personality of like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be the best warrior ever and kill all my enemies. But when you actually look at what she's like, she's constantly reaching out to try and understand other people and reach out to them like in friendship like that is like actually her core character trait. Um, and so, like as we, as we go through, um, I think that's that's actually been the, the base of her character the entire time. Not the warrior shtick, which we always knew was like an outward projection of yeah. like what she thinks strength is, but like when we look at what her actual character is, um, I think like she's actually the best one to go on this on this alien mission. And it's exactly for that that moment she had with Kuna just sort of solidified that for me was that she like she has every reason not to trust this This person, like Kuna comes off as very as very bad, like she's seen enemies everywhere, and then like even still she's still trying to reach out and make connections with her with her new alien flight with Kuna with everyone who she has every reason not to trust, and she still tries. I just yeah. thought
6: that was a really
2: great through line of her character through both books
5: actually going back to the Kitson discussion and. How there it's like, oh, random Japanese mythology reference. I actually really liked that because it helps show Cytonic FTL is very divorced from technological advancement. Like, Cytonic travel between planets has been going on for a very long time. There's Mm -hmm. at one point where Moriamer and spencer are having conversation about like how like own biology works and Moriamer talks about how like oh like sexual dimorphism is like super cause common across the galaxy it's like and like we don't know why maybe it's like early cytonic mm-hmm. travel like seeded that across many planets so it's like i've seen like cytonic stuff isn't new it's Always been there.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: I found
2: fascinating. It's always been a fabric of like the universe. Just mm-hmm. yep. from the beginning. Yeah.
1: I I think it did in initially when the explanation came up, it felt a little bit hand-wavy, like, here's how we're gonna explain why these st- weird <laughs> fox gerbils are here. Um, but it, it was one of those things that in hindsight I'm like, okay, that is a little more up up to Brandon Snuff, I'll let it slide. Um I will say because we talked about the old flight and the new flight possibly coming together, but by the end of this book, most of her new flight is gone.
4: Yeah, that's I true. I mean, yeah.
1: Hesho is dead. Uh, Vapor is still around. Morimer got born, so is yeah. Available? How's I mean, that going to happen? Like we're not going to see them until. Definitely not on her side. No. So <laughs> I,
5: I think we'll see Kauri, um, Hesho's shield bearer slash navigator. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: and We'll see vapor, but mm-hmm. yeah, Moriumer is gonna be a baby for a Probably while. Maybe, <laughs>
4: a maybe a few years, yeah.
2: maybe I don't I know. They said a few years, so I'm thinking three or four. Uh, <laughs> years,
0: so three or four. Yeah, we don't know how <laughs> the time, time dilation. How long vapor. it takes her to grow up? Spencer's yeah. in the nowhere, and time dilation happened, and everyone aged. <laughs> I do in think there's
2: gonna be some kind of time skip, but that's for later. I wanted to
0: read Grace's. Paragraphs that she sent oh me goodness. on on Starsight <laughs> because Grace couldn't be here today because she is traveling for Thanksgiving, and uh, so that that's fine. Uh, and so she sent me her thoughts, and Grace has graced us with her presence so much and was on <laughs> our previous Starsight uh, Skyward stuff. So I wanted oh to read God. her impressions, and she said overall I was not a fan of Starsight. I think a lot of my biggest issues with the book have already been covered by the other cast members, particularly Ben's opinions on the first half <laughs> and characters. <laughs> Spencer and Mbot were my two least favorite characters in Skyward, so it isn't particularly surprising that I would not like a book focusing on them more. I knew I started Skyward disliking Spencer, and reading Starsight just made it clear to me that a lot of the positive feelings I did develop for her happened only through her interactions with characters I did like jorgen is always this wonderful i wasn't a fan of the romance between him and Spencer. we have to talk about that uh i prefer the two of them as friends i didn't necessarily think there was enough build up to the romance from what we saw at the end of skyward jorgen's interactions with gran gran were adorable give me more of those this book really made me dislike Cobb. dude is just an unrepentant a-hole to people also why is he in charge of the ddf Ulin forced a laugh at which Cobb scowled, making Ulin look even more uncomfortable. I empathized with her. Learning how to deal with Cobb was as specialized a skill as performing a triple Alstrom loop with a reverse jump back. You're the boss of everyone here. It shouldn't be so difficult to talk to you that even Spencer can recognize it and feel bad for the one doing it. Unless the job (laughs) has changed pretty drastically since Ironside's had it. Dealing with people is most of your job. I know he gets good results in fighting and probably training as well, but he just sounds terrible for every other aspect of the job. That was a fun diversion there. Uh, and then she says <laughs> she, she really didn't like Cobb. Uh, Ultimately, I'm not very excited for the sequel. While I think Embot's arc was done well, seeing characters have an existential crisis has never been particularly interesting to me. The potential of humans leaving Detritus and dealing with both the superiority and sympathetic aliens is far more interesting to me than whatever is going on with Spensa and Mbot. Maybe the different groups' meeting will retroactively change my reading and opinion of Starsight in the future. It's certainly not impossible, and I hope it does happen because I do want to like this book.
2: I disagree with every single thing (laughs) that (laughs) she
4: (laughs) said,
2: but it's like it's so it's so different from my read that it's like I can't even like address it. It's like every single thing. I'm like, Mm -hmm. where where do I? I don't have a response. It's, it's fine for people
0: to feel differently, right? It's fine for people to feel. valid grace.
2: Different. I just don't get it whatsoever.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's fine.
6: I do know. Agree,
5: Go ahead. Sorry, um, that the development of the Spencer Jorgen relationship did seem to have progressed further than I was expecting, but it has been six months, so I would have expected something to happen. It just yeah. It like I do like them together, so it's like I don't dislike that it happened this way. But I was like, okay, like we probably needed a little bit more to show us getting to this point.
2: I don't think I agree with that. I I know Jess. I think this was perfect.
5: Jess, (laughs) Jess loved it. Jess loved
0: the uh, Spencer.
2: I also
3: liked
0: it.
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah, I thought it was.
3: I feel straight. It's strange to me that everyone seems to think like, or oh, everyone keeps saying that they, they don't like how far it progressed. Because I'm like, it didn't really progress. Like they, they Spencer had kind of accepted that she had feelings for Jorgen, uh, but uh, further than that, like that would have been nice to see on screen at some point, sure. But like, they haven't like said anything to each other, and then she gives him a little kiss goodbye, and like, th- yeah, that to me I isn't agree. a. I think that's fine. Well, I was like.
2: I, I, I totally agree. Like yeah. I think they they did the emotional work, um in in Skyward, where like, um what I like about it is that it is based in a real friendship of like this isn't this isn't two people who are like automatically attracted to each other and just, mm-hmm. um and you know and all their tension is because they're attracted to each other. Um, this is two people who start out really disliking each other for legitimate valid reasons, and they are both huge jerks to each other i had to really think about that word i wanted to use um, <laughs> <laughs>
4: what,
6: what What we can bleep can we
0: things we can bleep things okay. that's fine they,
2: they both were not good to each other um but they both grew and i think they that by the time like they hugged in skyward i agree it shouldn't have happened then but like that was the emotional work of like them growing towards friendship um, sorry, the cat. <laughs> She's so cute.
1: This is this is what it's like to live in my house.
2: <laughs> um, so like, and then the be the beginning of Starsight. It was sort of like they just needed that one moment of like recognizing that they that they still do trust each other because that was like the. Uh, I- <coughs> sorry, I'll let you fix your mic.
4: <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like trying not to draw attention to it. Continue, please. Yeah.
2: Where was I? They um, did the emotional the, weight, but the beginning of Starsight. Yeah, beginning of Starsight. I feel like they really had the right moment. They have. They've had six months of something is going on between them, but like they're both have a very professional relationship. They already have done the work of like becoming friends, mm-hmm. um, but now they are trying to figure out their way through. The next step, which is what what they are right now, is fine for friendship, but like that moment of when Spencer realizes that like he trusts her, and that she and and then she also does him the respect and trust of asking him for his opinion first. I feel like that was like the perfect, the perfect moment. How like was a nice the nice kiss? Month. The kiss is fine. The kiss is just like the the outward expression of like the the emotional right, moment yeah, 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 that yeah. just happened. Yeah. But like the the real the real connection, I thought like was like that 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 two. The, the two of them reaching out and trust towards each other before she makes this huge decision that like could mean like she might never come back. She might
6: die. Gotta kiss She them. might die.
2: <laughs> <You> <laughs> she know, might die. It's, it's start, like,
6: yeah.
2: I thought that was like a really perfect start. And I like, and it was sort of like, they didn't declare their love for each other. They weren't falling over each other, making promises or commitments. It was just a kiss. um And it was just like a bunch of the, like I said before, I think the foundation for, for this moment was already there in Skyward. And then it was just like that final push of like, we see enough in the first couple chapters of like the tension between Spencer and Jorgen, not sure if they can trust each other, um, in terms of like, uh, their, their acti- you know, how do I phrase this? Like going off and doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, th- I, I thought the work was there and I thought this was really, really actually very mature of them. A great start to a, to a future relationship.
1: I know. Um, I also really love their relationship, mostly because it doesn't feel very forced to me. I think they are... A lot of the things you said about them being healthy, I think they're one of the healthiest expressions of opposites attract. Because I think there's a lot of romances, especially in YA, that's like, oh my gosh, you drive me crazy, but I just can't stop thinking about you. And like, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> not them. They're very much... They are in a way where they realize how different they are and have started to respect that in that Spencer looks to temper her impulsiveness with Jorgen's advice. And he looks to, you know, try to push himself beyond some of his more rigid thinking um, by thinking, okay, you know what, Spencer would go for this and... I I really like that. It's also very funny because Shannon and I were talking about this, and she is very Spencer, and I am very <laughs> Jorgen. <laughs> Jorgen, however you say it. it yeah.
0: Um, his call sign was going to be Jaeger. Don't don't comment Thank here. It's like it's, it's all Jorgen. Good.
2: Like it's, we, we accept it's both fine. Jorgen. We accept both. The U.S. and U.K.
0: audiobooks say it differently. So I think whatever fine. you like. Pick whichever the UK you like.
3: audiobook says it correctly. <laughs>
2: Ben th- here throwing gas on the fire. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> I haven't um, actually thought about how I say it, so it just comes out. Differently. Just,
4: just, just keep on going. I, feel.
2: I relate very strongly to Spencer. She mm-hmm. relates very strongly to Jorgen. Different, <laughs> different outward expression, but same values, and I think that's what makes it a real. Yeah, yeah.
0: Here's the thing that I that I have an issue with. Book three, I guess, we're just not going to see those characters interact again because (laughs) suspense is going to be in the nowhere and maybe not interacting with either sets of the characters that we've gotten to learn over two books. And, like, I just really don't want that to be the case. I will be actually upset if, like... We do all this emotional weight and like then she's in like Delver flight school in the nowhere oh training with Delvers because Delvers are late I now mean, and like... Do you don't really I,
2: go very far in terms of your expectations. Like where, where, did you, where are you getting these ideas?
0: Like I just don't want it to be like ah flight school again. But now we're in the nowhere. Wow it's different.
3: Uh, Crazy. Del- Delver flight school is my favorite joke has comes yeah, up. Yeah no I know. I know. Uh, I I, already, I, you've I, already I,
2: come s- up with a whole world i'm just this yeah. is amazing so yeah.
5: i wouldn't be surprised if we see the detritus folks and uh spence's like vapor kuna cowrie join the, <laughs> the human
2: sympathizers the human
5: sympathizers and detritus joining forces and that being the interludes
1: Ooh, interludes. I just, Interesting. Uh, I just want I a lot
5: more of it than that. <laughs> like
0: that's I the thing. have
1: a feeling that Spencer is not going to be in the nowhere for very long. Yeah, I hope not. But, yeah. the,
0: but Brandon's book title for it was going to be nowhere, and he's just trying to decide whether his publisher will let him. And, like, <laughs> Starsight was about Starsight, so I can only assume that if he titles the book nowhere that she's in the nowhere the entire time. And I would just like, you know... I would actually like to see progression in Spencer and Jorgen's relationship and for that to happen on screen. And I'm just worried that we're going to get another book where they're not interacting like the whole time. And that really disappoints me. I'm pretty upset by that. That you're just,
2: you're disappointed about something that hasn't happened. Just, just to be clear. Just to yeah, be clear about where. Spencer's we are. going
0: somewhere completely different, and this series is about the adventures of Spencer and Mbot, and it doesn't matter which characters you get attached to, because they're just gonna be gone in the next book. And it doesn't matter, you'll see three chapters from them, and nothing will matter. Wow. Like that's <laughs> Jorgen's side quest was a complete waste of time in this book and had nothing to do with the ending
2: at all. And <laughs> but it's not a waste of time for the series. Yeah, no. it
0: just doesn't make me like this ending
2: more. And <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to like the ending more. I so don't. I, it's totally a side to the ending.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like I'm, I expect Brandon endings to actually connect rather than just like, oh, we're having a side quest. Jorgen, instead of being in the cool space battle, is finding slugs. Wow. Inqu- I'm just so thrilled. Like, I was wow. thrilled.
2: I am just this is great. This is uh this changes the entire um field of like what's about to happen next. The yeah, superiority I, is not coming from a place of strength.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I i agree. It was a nice so, Jorgen finding the slugs helped make Spencer going to nowhere more palatable to me. Yeah. Because it means like, okay. Detritus isn't stuck on detritus
2: That's without true. Spencer. Like yeah, it's like will Spencer, be able to get off. They will. Spencer doesn't need to come save the day yeah. anymore. It's sort of like that was kind of always the hope was that she wasn't going to be the only one who could do this. It was always the hope that she would be able to join or they would be able to join her which I love. It's sort of, um, and I also think this, this is going to be, this is why I think there might be at least a slight time skip when we get to the third one is that I think we're going to see the humans starting from their place of strengths that they've already gotten. They've already have copies of embot's plans and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And plus they now, now they have hyperdrives. So I think we're going to start from a place where, um, where the humans actually have a significant, um, equalizing factor is that the superiority is not just going to be able to wipe them out I think we might come into a place where we've seen a battle between the superiority being split between the human sympathizers and the humans versus the Wenzix people um, at, like coming into al- already having been in conflict for a bit
0: and all of that sounds great I just don't care about the nowhere
1: <laughs> So that's the thing all that sounds awesome <laughs> My prediction is I would be very surprised if Spencer does not get out of the nowhere by like the end of part one. But I have a feeling like even if she spends a lot of time there, I think we're going to have like time skips where we're not narratively reading chapters about it necessarily. Yeah. But I have a feeling like the nowhere is going to become important like we're maybe going to be moving people through the nowhere in the book. We're going to have something in there that like, we need to send a team to secure this thing that's in the nowhere.
6: Sure.
1: I don't think it's just going to be Spencer uh, alone in the nowhere for the in a really boring, boring place,
2: walking through nothingness while, while everything. Good. No, I, mean, I hope if, so. If the plot takes place in the nowhere, it's going to be relevant and interesting.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. It's be maybe. My still. We'll, we'll find school. out.
2: That's, we'll where, find that's out. where everyone's like, this is where people travel through. This is where people send communications through. Like, even if she is kind of like stuck in there, like she's going to figure out how to talk to people. Like that yeah. already started happening with Gran. She, yeah. still, she, wasn't, yeah. she wasn't actually locked out of communication, even in Starsight, where she didn't have her cytonic abilities developed. It was already starting to happen.
0: I just really liked 95% of Starsight until the ending made me just not care anymore like that's the thing i don't know if i care that much about the sequel i want brandon to prove me wrong but i don't know if i care and
5: like that's that's the thing yeah i do have one more thing because it's Before something we... we have not touched on at all uh-huh. which is alanique yes yeah that has to be yes. important for sure yeah right exactly yes she is on detritus at no point did she wake up, which I kept thinking was going to happen yeah. in the interludes. Mm-hmm. Like, her people had, like, strong connections with the
1: humans. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. That Communicated better
1: be with Spencer throughout yep. the book. I
3: want that to be but, relevant. Um, my first thoughts, by the way, when when the ship came and crash-landed, and, and it was like, oh, it's a very similar to a human ship. I was like, oh, man, there's going to be a boy in there. We're gonna start love triangle, aren't we? i oh, no. I'm like, I'm I'm so like, this glad is totally that gonna that happen. Not happen. <laughs>
2: not, <laughs> not even yes. at all. Not even a little. bit. Not <laughs> I
3: was even like, a bit. God. I, I was know. Like, oh my too. god. Zane Maybe. is in that ship, isn't he? He's gonna be a- <laughs> <laughs>
2: coming down. No,
0: we already <laughs> have him on DeTritus. His name was Zane Nightshade. <laughs> oh my <yeah, yeah>, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, <you're> Right. Yeah. <sighs> see, all of that stuff sounds cool. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I want to be excited about the nowhere there as as far as we know the nowhere have weird symbols and we harvest rocks there and the delvers are from there
2: that's about it i love that that's that's exciting that's like there's something that means if we know so little that means that we're it's gonna be revealed later
1: there's still still (laughs) imbot was thinking faster when the portal that's true i think we're gonna find out things about imbot in the nowhere and we do need to hear about things
0: about ai and i agree with that yeah can we talk about the delvers guys (laughs) <laughs> shall we, yeah, shall we, we, I
4: think we delve into numbers. that yeah. In, yeah. Yeah. I would actually
2: I would. I have a positive opinion about what happened I would like to go last because I think Eric I want to let Eric explain
0: Oh, this this first. is going to be like this is going to be a rant bigger than the Zane rant on
5: Cosmere
2: beefs I'll, I think. I'll just get ready I'll sit here They'll
5: I do think I might it. have a counter to your thing
6: I'm so
5: but,
0: ready
6: oh, well, to, all, well, Ian, we've, we've all got a lot to say I want to be excited
0: about this series again but so, okay, here's where we left off in Skyward, where there's evil, malevolent, ancient eyes that are peering hatefully at Spencer when she does cytonic things. This is immediately the coolest world-building element to me. Like, it is awesome. And I was, I couldn't believe in chapter four, we just hear about Detritus getting, like, like, instantly destroyed by the Delver. Like, that was amazing. And I was like, this is what this book's gonna be about and like yeah this is what this book is about yeah and we go into the delver maze and it's awesome and i'm like oh so we want to do death star trench runs okay great cool uh <laughs> in space that that's that's fine awesome and i guess that delver uh the delver maze is actually a dead delver so humans oh, i totally guess kill Del- yeah yeah it's got to be yeah
3: totally dead. Delver.
0: so yeah that's that's all great and all and we we hear Vapor talk like if you solve the Delver problem, you basically control the galaxy. And I'm like, great, awesome. This is going to be this is the big conflict for the series. But then we go to the end, and we Braid summons the Delver at the end of Detritus, and I I will say it was very clever. Spencer using the knowledge that she got in the book is saying, hey. DDF, you gotta like shut everything down. You you gotta do that. And so like I realized that we couldn't get you know the flights intermingling because otherwise the Delver would have just found the radio communications and probably just killed them all. So that makes sense. I'm with that. Spencer sends the Delver to Starsight, <laughs> and, uh, and and because Winzick's communicating satanically with them, like that that makes sense. That's all great. <laughs> My issue with the Delver is that it was easy. It was easy. Like, the Delver, there's times where there's, like, just people like, Delver's destroyed my homeworld. And it's like, no, Starsight? Ah, we're good. Nah, nah, it's like, the, 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 it, there was a, you know, it eliminated all of detritus. Uh, almost instantaneously, even with the giant shielding. But, you know, Starsight has a shield on it, so it's fine. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, the, uh, Like, literally, Delvers just go through planets and just, like, vaporize them and, and defeat them, like, instantaneously. But no, the Delvers are actually complete punks and can't break up <laughs> a, a space station. It's like, wow, we we gotta have enough time to get our a group of fighters into the Delver and it just felt so easy to defeat these giant eldritch monsters. And that was the part that was really disappointing. We, we go through and we get to see Morimer uh, get through the illusions. That's great. And well, I, I'm just, I'm just getting more deflated. It's like, Oh, the, all the embers that just like didn't matter. Cause it's like, we it didn't, really interact with them very much and we're oh we're at the center of the Delver maze that took like three pages it was slightly more but it it was short it didn't take a long time let's just say and then and then <laughs> and then we go into the white room and then that's when I got furious or, or, or not furious I'm furious now but like when I read it I was like that's it that's it Oh, the Delvers didn't realize that these were people, too. And then the Delver (coughs) left. That's it. That's it. No, the Del- The ancient beings that have been there for forever just never noticed that that their wanton destruction ever- Like, they just never realized this problem. And it's like, oh, you're people, too? I'm out of here. And thus delvers who have existed for centuries, who like when they're usually summoned into the realm, they wreck havoc for centuries. It's like, no, the delver is gone and is back in the nowhere. And Dispensa, like, it doesn't it just doesn't matter. Now the Delvers, instead of being cool, are just the lamest thing ever. Because it's just like, oh, they're just dumb. They just didn't realize what was happening. It this is like Vin ascends. To preservation misborn spoilers uh and goes up to Ruin and be like hey you know all these people that you're killing are people too, too. maybe you should like realize that and Ruin's like you're right I'm out of here and then the book just ends that's what it felt like it's crap I hated it it made the entire eldritch horrors of horrible monsters be a joke they're a joke. They're like I'm not excited to hear about Delvers, and that's why I have the joke about Delver Flight School, where Delver, uh, well, where Spencer's gonna meet up with Delvers, and we're gonna be Delvers' best friends, and just gotta make them realize that they're people too, and the Eldritch Monsters, whatever, doesn't matter. The coolest element is just not here, and it, it's like we just had to wrap up the Delver stuff. I guess I guess they'll be important later, but I just don't care about them because they're just lame now. Uh, And because it was just easy to get inside the Delver and into the into the heart, Uh, it was just trivial, basically. Uh, And you know, we had to pull Game of Thrones, where we had to just like murder uh, the White King, and then the politics was the enemy the whole time, and that's the big bad. (laughs) Uh, And so we just had to kill all all the evil supervillains. And then and then it was it was really about the enemies we made along the way that that's the real problem. (laughs) And the thing and just how disappointing that I loved that everything was so awesome. The Delver came in and I was like, wow, crap is going to get real. It's so cool. But then it was easy. A few casualties on Star Ah, Whatever Delvers. Yeah, no, not no big thing. It's fine. We don't need to deal with Spence's emotional ramification for sending uh a monster to kill millions of people. Cause they're fine. They're fine. We just we won't hear about that. We uh it, the the ending felt convenient. Uh and that I think goes with what you were saying, Ben, That's like, oh mori oh we get through the Delver Maze is convenient. I liked that part, but I it adds to what I felt uh that the ending was just convenient. Braid just Thankfully, lived because she was pushed out of the way. Spencer survived just fine. Sent out into deep space, but was just fine. Everything's just fine. And then we need a giant cliffhanger to get us excited for the next book. uh That's an entire fake out ending. Mm-hmm. Ah, disappointing.
2: <laughs> and I, I have a lot to say, but I'm going to let someone else go first. I just want to say about the convenience thing. I think it would have been a lot more convenient if the Delver had just wiped out Starsight because that goes the entire play that goes the entire like thematic thing of like humans having to convince and persuade if the Delver just wiped out Starsight it would have just been like oh well now it's like a reconquering yeah, no, Again, I, I, there goes, I agree there with goes that. All of, there, there goes all of like the actual gritty like humans having to try. And now it's just like, well, the Delvers are wiping out everything. And then the story would be really different. I feel like everything that happened up until then would have been completely wasted in terms of everything we saw up until the Delver would have just been out the window. I see so, I see
0: what you're saying and I probably would have felt that way too that it was a tire waste of time being on star sight. So that's that's a good point. But it, it, it's just kind of a disrespect to all the civilizations that the Delvers destroyed, that this Delver was a punk and was
5: just nothing.
1: <laughs> I'm going to let Ian go, but I also... Yeah, I think Ian, uh, yeah, Ian, Ian, Ian so go
2: first. Like, yeah, you thing. have your finger. So. Yeah. So,
5: first of all, you can survive a surprisingly long amount of time in deep space. Just saying. It's not instant death. No, so. I know it's not instant death. It's just... Plot convenience. Of course. She was also limp. unconscious for three days. So she, yeah. there were ramifications of that too. Oh, we'll talk about the, that too. shield of starsight was definitely destroyed. Yeah, they say that at the end, but like. Yeah, eh. but you were talking about how like it was stopped by the, the embers
0: destroyed the, the shield, shield it, eventually, but like it was yeah. just enough time for us to do our uh, run through the Delver. Like that's convenient too.
5: And. I liked that it was politics that were the enemy the entire time. I think uh, that is the natural progression of what we saw in Skyward. It's like if the enemy had been like this eldritch evil, I feel like that would have been...
2: It removes nuance. It's just just a very simple story of, okay... Mm -hmm. Who cares about politics? Who cares about people? Who cares about all, like, the character work? It's just like, okay, there's a big, giant enemy. Let's go kill it. Well,
0: then maybe yeah. Brandon shouldn't have put in a giant, eldritch enemy th- to do
5: that <laughs> the entire time if you wanted to make a story about politicking. I well, disagree we... that it is inherently an enemy. It's like, Yeah. It's an eldritch creature, like, far beyond, like, our level of life. Like, it does not understand us it's it's more like a natural disaster like it it just sweeps in and it kills things not because it's trying to like kill us it's just trying to get rid of something like it finds annoying
2: like it's like i relate it to a plant it reacts to stimulus it it doesn't understand like it doesn't actually comprehend emotions or people or something it just sort of like it had like this vague sense of like it's just reacting
5: to a certain extent yes but it, it's like there's often the comparison to like it seeing like life as like insects and like mm-hmm. do you really give a second thought to like oh there's like a whole bunch of ants like on my food I'm just going to stomp on them and kill them. I get that. (laughs) But, like, if somehow an ant were to show you that, like, hey, no, these ants are actually a sapient civilization, would you not be horrified? Like, oh, I was just, like, killing a whole (laughs) bunch of sapient beings.
1: I've killed so many insects. Oh, my God. (laughs) I will say, in terms of the Delvers being too easy... I think Spencer got very lucky yes. with the Delver she got. Because I know a lot of human people who, if a bunch of ants managed to communicate that they were sentient, would be like, you know what? I don't care. You're annoying <laughs> and I'm going to wipe you out anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Spencer managed to get a Delver that would respond to that. But I have a feeling we're going to see Delvers that don't care if people are people like
6: mm-hmm.
1: your buzzing is awful it's driving me crazy and i'm going to shut you up you're tiny and mm-hmm. insignificant i why should i care about if you have feelings i think it's also significant that it's not just annoying it's painful
2: mm-hmm. um, yeah and i would like to see why the existence of consciousness is is annoying and painful to the Delvers like what is it about their connection to the fabric of the universe that makes other people aggravating like what 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 is it like if their whole thing is like peace and quiet I don't even think that Delvers are a people I think they could I think they probably arrange it so that they don't even like talk to other Delvers they love their peace and quiet so much
6: yeah they just just want the quiet I
2: don't Like, have we ever seen two Delvers in, like, the same physical space? No. I don't think that's... I don't think anyone ever mentioned that. They're talking about a Delver went on a rampage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is mention that
5: at one point there were, like, 13 Delvers active. Yep. Oh, yeah. But we don't know how... Far apart. That might have just been across the galaxy. Yeah, it seemed like across the Mm -hmm. galaxy.
2: How far apart they were, I feel like there was probably significant Mm -hmm. physical space. Yeah. No,
0: I I agree. It's... I, I just... Like, if you're setting something up to be the big bad, I'm disappointed when the big bad is just uh, it's just a big misunderstanding, guys. It's well, just I disagree that I it was
5: being set up as the big bad.
2: Like, that was something that, like, not everyone read as, like, or anticipated as being, like, this is going to be. First, like, it, like maybe some people wouldn't even expect this to be an Eldritch Um, mm. Because, like, not everyone, like, read that as sort of like, oh, these are definitely going to be the final boss. Like, mm. no like maybe there maybe it's something totally different which is like um i don't know
0: i mean i guess uh it's but, a, it,
2: it's, a, it's you you had a lot of expectations that were they were completely cool. destroyed
6: yeah they um, were <laughs> and some
2: Absolutely. people had very different expectations um mm-hmm for for what the delvers were going to be that's I I think, I they think were that's described basically, as
5: ancient and hateful
0: what the hell am i supposed I to read into that it was lots, lots pretty of people had dry. lots of
2: different takes on like what that was going to mean like um a book that i really liked that it's sort of um i don't know if you guys have read semiosis
6: no, by, no. okay
2: it is one of my favorite like alien books um because I have this thing where I'll, I'll talk more about this, but where the moment of the unknowable becoming the known is always yes. a disappointment. Yes, true. Because Indeed. like um I think like part of it is also that this has happened at the end of book two when we know that there's gonna be two more books coming. Yep. So it's sort of like if we if the unknowable has just become the known halfway through, what what do we even do with the rest of that like i i understand like the feeling of like the the stakes being lowered i think there's still i i still really think there's a lot to be explored i think there's a lot of mysteries that we of things we still don't understand mm-hmm. and know but i understand the feeling of like the, the there is no more tension because of of the unknowable
6: mm-hmm. yeah because you uh, know them. which
2: which I, which I totally get understanding releases the tension there is less fear and dread when you understand which is like I, I totally get that um, I think I think the way to keep that interesting um, is related to keeping keeping it alien, which is something I really liked about semiosis, which is about an alien plant, and like the idea that if you can properly convey that you can understand someone but still have completely different thinking, um, which is why I was really intrigued by the delvers main thing that was like so so creepy is like the reflection Mm
6: -hmm.
2: um the reflection of spensa but still not understanding it's not it's not reflecting spensa because it understands her it's reflecting her because it doesn't understand her and just like that that idea of that you can see someone but still not be able to connect um which i think is like uh still a really interesting way to keep um, to keep some more narrative tension after after they become known, this it's this true. thing does not understand understand actually what people are. It doesn't understand emotions. It still finds people painful to experience. Um, so I I really liked that. Um, if if you're going to make an Eldritch Horror known halfway through a series, then that means there has to be more. That that means it had to be this way in order to make the exploration of that difference, um, to give it that time.
0: As, I have a question, yes. Shannon.
2: Yes, you
6: didn't sorry.
0: think the delvers were going to be the big bad reading this book.
2: No, I mean, I thought they were going to be part of it, um, but like it was definitely we got 95% of space politics yeah and but like the
0: entire reason the universe is set up the way it is is because of think, fear of the delvers
2: i don't i, I also I, have I, not
5: I seen enemy, the delvers
0: as
2: the big bad i, I
0: agree. agree i don't
6: yeah. understand I, I don't think,
2: <laughs> listen listen i didn't think they were going to be a big bad i think they were going to be a very big part that was going to be explored so i never yes. thought of them as final boss i thought of it like Just like anything, like in the Cosmere, it's sort of like, this is a mystery that we're going to uncover. This is like the Delver in the nowhere, like this is like the deep lore. So I'm excited to know more about what's going to happen there. I don't think of it as like a final boss that's going to be defeated. I'm excited for the knowledge that we're going to get and find out what they are and uh, what we can do about them. Like, can we actually talk to them? Are the Delvers a people? Like, there's so much to explore. Like, I think of it as more like a place that we're going to learn more about an, an area of interest that we're going to explore but not necessarily the final evil bad guy that we need to like use all our ships to blow up in like a Death Star run like I love th- I love Star Wars but it's also that is very like a very reductive thing for what I think Brennan has been doing with these books um with like this point of view of Spencer, which is what I was saying before being the person who's always reaching out and un- understanding in the midst of like this political turmoil it's sort of like that that would kind of really go against the work so like yeah I never I thought they were very scary. I thought they were dread. I think they're very alien and eldritch still, um, but I'd ne- I never thought of them as like being the the big bad. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think to me the delvers are high again. You were trouble <laughs> last time. You gotta behave. <laughs> um, I saw the delvers as an obstacle more than like an evil, or it's. Similar to, um, admittedly, I've not read si- uh, Shadows for Silence in a while, but it reminded me of the danger of the shades Ooh. of yeah, if you go out into the forest, if you go out into like their territory, there's rules you have to follow and there are going to be consequences if you don't follow them in terms of like, you know, if you are traveling in the nowhere, if you're making a lot of noise, you're going to attract attention and there's going to be consequences for that. Not necessarily that they're like this evil threat that's going to come for you. It's just like, this is their territory. And if you're intruding, you're putting yourself at risk. You need to find ways to minimize Mm -hmm. the risk that you have when you are interacting with those things.
2: I think that ties in perfectly with what Ian was saying about them being a natural disaster. They're just a natural Mm -hmm. consequence. They're not an animal. They're not like a person. They're just a natural consequence of using cytonics. And I think like the, ex- the getting the getting that set up so that we can actually explore that over the course of two books, instead of it being like the, the, the climax of, of the end of a series is kind of more interesting. I like, I like that being explored rather than that being the final.
3: So I've, so a couple of things. I'm going to reply to a few things here before I go into my Delver things. Reaction. So.
4: <laughs> <laughs> philosophy
3: so. of Delvers. First, um, when we were doing our StarSci uh, predictions podcast, we literally said that we thought that the end of the Skyward universe would be Spencer flying around in a ship shooting aliens whilst also having to negotiate with the the eyes, cytonically, and like having to solve all these problems. And I was like, eh, that's basically how this book kind of ended. Um, there was a bit spaceship-y, a bit cytonic. And... What I see is them being set up as the big bad, because I completely agree that these were definitely being set up as the big bad, because all of the problems in the universe could almost be uh, traced back to the fact that Delvis exists and cause these issues with using uh, Cytonics. The way that they control, the way that the supremacy controls the, the galaxy is by using FTL stuff. Um, is by limiting the uh, safe FTL because dangerous FTL attracts the Delvers. So if you solve the Delver problem, you solve the supremacy problem. Sorry, the superiority problem. Yep, all good.
2: We all make that mistake.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And and so I absolutely did think that they were going to be the big bad because if solving this one Delver's problem, um, sorry, if you solve this one Delver and he then goes back to the nowhere or it goes back to the nowhere and tells all the other Delvers, hey, let's not kill everyone the superiority has now lost its stranglehold on the universe the entire world building is destroyed yeah your world building is destroyed it's like because now people can just go back to cytonically jumping from planet to planet whenever they want and I
2: I like that a lot because oh sorry Ian
3: yeah counterpoint if you
5: suddenly realize that ants are people too and you went to your
3: neighbor next door and said like, hey, answer people too, would your neighbor believe you? My impression from the end of this book is that the Delvers are no longer a problem. Uh, That's how I saw this ending.
6: I very heavily
2: disagree. disagree. I disagree. I disagree
3: too. I think that might be a difference.
2: The big difference for how we read what, our, our immediate flash of expectations for what was going to happen next yeah. is probably extremely different is, yes. is a big thing.
3: I'm expecting them to not really be a problem anymore.
2: Yeah. I, I like the idea of the Cytonic um, restrictions suddenly disappearing because that's very interesting to me I like the status quo being upset I, that's one of my favorite things about a, an author like Brandon is that my expectations often get met but he meets them extremely fast so all of a sudden where I thought the series was gonna end becomes the next book and this isn't just Skyward this is like across a lot of his books sure. he keeps he moves things very fast and so what I thought was going to be the big story isn't actually but my expectations were still met about where I thought was gonna where I thought it was gonna go what I thought is gonna happen. So like I find that extremely exciting. I like seeing the exploration of what happens when the status quo is is undone. Um, because I I always like that about epilogues is that sometimes at the end of like other fantasy series or other sci-fi series um, something big happens. Um, this, we know the status quo is going to be different and then the series ends and you don't get act, to actually see how that plays out in reality. Um, so I, 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 find it much more interesting to have the status quo interrupted sooner because I, th- I think it's like a little bit more realistic that we get to see the ups and downs of such a, uh, of such a thing happening. And I think that's, that's just why
1: I like Brandon's work in general, but yeah. that's just I, a reading difference. I think one thing for me is a. I don't know that the delvers communicate with each other. That's because true. We they don't. don't like communication. Um, I I kind of have a feeling they are probably very solitary.
5: I never read them as being the big bad, even though they were were described as like these hateful eyes. Because I was just wondering, like, okay, but why are they so hateful? Like, it can't be just as simple as like they hate all life like they are this evil thing yeah there has to be more to it because this is brandon yeah like so it's like this isn't the big thing that needs to be overcome it's like it's another mystery
2: that needs to be solved exactly because it's sort of like we know that humans used to have a history of going through it like long enough that they had three wars against the, the universe it feels like something changed Like between over the course of their known history in the universe,
0: I I get what you're saying, but I just can't be excited about this because yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Ben.
3: You guys saying that you didn't see the Delvers as the big bad makes me think like we we we, before the podcast we talked a bit about Mass Effect. Yes. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine if the Reapers had been defeated at the end of Mass Effect One and then Mass Effect Two was just about galactic politics?
2: Um, from Bioware, I wouldn't have been very excited.
4: <laughs> it's not very yeah. good. That, yeah, you're right, Ben. Um, that sounds terrible. Bioware
2: writing? Come on. That if, it was, if it was a writer I trusted, I would have loved it. Um, okay, but it depends because I wasn't a huge fan of the Reapers. I thought they were really disappointing because the oh unknow- so they were disappointing
3: in the end. Yes,
2: no, the whole thing. It was like Ooh. I was disappoint. I was disappointed at the end of Mass Effect One.
3: Oh, um, oh, see, I t- oh, I, I totally disagree.
0: They
2: were they were extremely <laughs> boring. I was like their reasons were extremely boring. I was like, oh, let's wipe out organic life, and then because we don't like organic life, and we think it's you know, it's just sort of like was it, that was like a moment of the unknowable becoming the known. That was really frustrating and annoying and it was just sort of like okay so you're basically just there to it it was like for me like that was like a convenient narrative um obstacle because like they're just there to to kill people and it was actually just kind of boring because it reduces everything to now how can we beat the reapers and like everything else was sort of flattened narrowed down it was Man. not an interest it was not an interesting enemy oh, just, and it was and it was just i thought they were and like, the reason I don't like it is because it's sort of like, I don't like the idea that even when known that you can't even like, you can't reason with them. It's sort of like, it's sort of like, you have you ever had a conversation with a person and you're, and like you're arguing, you're fighting, and they are like refusing to hear your arguments, even though you think they're very good, which I think we've all had this experience.
4: <laughs> uh, oh, right now. No. Like, yeah. I of,
3: call that shock. No. <laughs> no, but like,
2: you've, had, you've had discussions with people who are yeah. like, yeah. And it's sort of like, you can feel the moment of like them not even listening to you anymore. And it's like, that is not interesting to me because it's sort of like, it's just like, oh, like Reapers, like people, it's just like, they've just shut their minds off. And it's like the the refusal that like they are known. And so the less, more the fear is gone um, now that we understand the reasoning and it kind of is lame. Um, and then we get to the point of like, and the they can't be reasoned with because they just can't be reasoned with it's a tautology and it was just i found them it was not very interesting the interesting parts of mass effect to me were not the reapers it was everything else it was the politics it was like trying to get everyone together and involved i like and like the wrangling of the people and trying to get everyone on the same page put in the right direction that was the interesting part the reapers weren't the interesting part they were a narrative device um and that's like in total on that's on one end of the scale
5: I am not a Mass Effect fan, so I understood very little of that. <laughs>
1: that's I. I also I played the first half of Andromeda, which is oh non- yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Reaper, he does not so say, yeah. I'm also I'm also out of this one, so. Ben.
5: What, so that's why Alex and I are not really. Talking. Yeah, ben, <laughs> yeah. what?
1: Ben.
3: So I love the Reapers. The Reapers were to me. Okay, until um, the end of Mass Effect 3 and the Leviathan DLC, um, until those, the Reapers were my favorite interpretation of a sci-fi Lovecraftian horror. Um, I, the, the conversation with Sovereign at the end of Mass Effect, yes. I, I basically know it off by heart because I've... <laughs> I can still watch so that and good. get chills.
0: It's so yeah.
3: good. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Perhaps we could have a short explanation of what the Reapers are. Okay. So um,
2: the in, Reapers are like yeah. massive like planet almost some of them are planet sized, but like basically yeah. very oh, massive. They're 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 actually smaller than Delvers. Um yeah, yeah, they they're
4: only, small, but- the, the,
3: the capital ships are only two kilometers long. Uh,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, so like, but they, they can destroy planets That's and they, they are God basic for this chat. <laughs> Two kilometers. I'm with you, Ben. <laughs> Canadian, understand this. The Commonwealth oh
3: In America, Mass Effect, do we do they like change it to miles? No, no they don't. Probably not. <laughs> not <laughs> Americans are just like, sorry, American. That's what Mas that yeah.
2: means. <laughs> yeah, because it's a Canadian company. Anyway, yeah.
0: basically, the plot is that uh, th- there's a cycle of destruction that the Reapers come every like 50,000 years to wipe out all organic life.
3: that's that's what they and they are they are massive ships Uh, they are unbelievably huge and every 50,000 years their numbers they darken the skies of every world uh, and they come of every
2: technologically advanced enough significantly technology they will leave planets alone with with life that don't have a certain level of technology
6: yes And Um, Uh, and
3: come the end of Mass Effect 1 you have a conversation with one he's just completely dismissive of you he is just like I don't it's just like awesome. it's like you will end because I demand it and there's nothing you can do and that that's that's you just don't know and then come end of Mass Effect 2 you find out that they actually harvest these life forms for like some like reproduction to uh, so build more Reapers and you're kind of like okay is this is this why they're doing it but then you they there will there's there's Lots of things involved. Maybe Bas- I'm getting a bit too into
0: it. Basically, the end of Mass Effect three. Most people were disappointed about what, why the Reapers were actually created. Why these ultra, basically invincible sentient machines were uh, built originally. And uh, yeah. I actually didn't have an issue with it, but I know you did, Ben. Oh, I know you Mass hated that. But <gasps> I, I was with you was with, with at the end of the first one. You're like, you get a glimpse into them, and you're like, wow, we're completely screwed we're just completely screwed
2: but that's like that's what that's what i'm saying is that like the moment of knowing is such a disappointment like when you understand what they really are there's only so many ways you can write something that's actually really interesting because like you can't if if it's an eldritch horror of unknowableness you can't have them you can't answer the question absolutely and still have it and still have it be scary it's always going to be a disappointment it's so
3: yeah, it's why my preference is to not have them be explained because I'm, I'm a big fan of Lovecraftian horror. I read a lot of Lovecraft. I read a lot of modern uh, Lovecraftian-style horror. I like unknowable horrors that come in and either you win or you lose for reasons unknown. I like that. I don't. I don't have to have those things explained
2: i i agree with that you don't have to have them explained i just think that it's a different story and it's a little bit boring to me that's all yeah.
0: that's that's fine i love stories like that the reapers are like captured my imagination fantastically like seeing the void bringers in stormlight i'm like i want to what's up with that that's crazy i want to know about that and i can tell that that is not a kind of thing that you particularly like, Shannon, by your facial expression I
2: liked I liked all I liked all the rest of Mass Effect. I liked going to the planets and learning about the people and I liked that too. Yeah. But, but like yeah, the sure, core course, I'm yeah, a sure core plot it.
0: person. The core plot was about the Reapers and that was the thing that I was truly invested in. And like
2: No, the the core plot was about getting the people together to fight the Reapers. That was that was what the <laughs> gameplay was about. That was ninety-five percent of the writing and, and game mechanics and story. But so it, was it was all like, about
0: the Reapers. It's about sure, in, the, in the
2: same way that it was about the Delvers, right? Exactly.
0: That's why life. I'm disappointed about the Delvers. Exactly. <laughs> and the Reapers
2: was a disappointment, and so.
0: Well, I think the, the Reapers were disappointed knowing. at the end of the third one when they were explained. Like
2: you just exactly, saw the a moment Reaper of explaining. The...
0: Right. Yeah. The right, moment right, of explaining. Right. 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 But like, I'm sorry, I I just don't get that. Like, oh, these civilization things—they're they're not the real enemy. Like, I I don't know, like. Wasn't that, like, the central thing? Like, don't have giant apocalypse things if hmm. you don't want it to be about the apocalypse, I guess. I don't know. Like, I,
5: Brand- I very much disagree with Brandon
0: that. Brandon is able to write apocalypse stories and still have Ruin and Odium still be... You know things about them, but they are still, like, menacing and, like, uh, and things. And, like, I... Like, I love shards. You know I love shards a lot. And... I was ready to love the Delvers a lot, but then we get into the white room and the Delvers are dumb.
5: Yeah, <laughs> but the Delvers in the Shards oh, are very different. I know they're very different, like in like fundamental ways. It's like like the Shards know what's going on. Like they, they were human once or dragons yeah. once yeah. or Shodel right. once.
1: They're a, they're, I feel like they're a different type of narrative threat.
5: Yeah, they're not Eldritch horrors.:
1: They're not unknowable, and we're never sure. like designed to be. But I they still
5: no, Robo, human, but they exemplify aspects of ourselves rather than.: I something. never
2: thought the, the shards were unknowable. It's like they were it, exactly. always people. They always had like understandable motivations. Like mm-hmm. I've never felt they were un, like I was not able to understand why they were doing something. It was just sort of like, and that's why I'd like the shards never felt like that big to me. It's sort of like the shards are interesting, but I never got the sense like, Oh, they're actually like, God, like I'm just like, no, they're like, they're, they're forming an aspect of a greater deal of power and they have very human motivations and thoughts. And that's kind of like what they are very different.
0: This is the thing that gets me most excited about basically every story. (laughs) And like the, the Reapers captures my imagination. The shards capture the imagination, the eyes and the, the Delvers captured my imagination the most. And I don't know. I just read *Star Sign and it just turns out the Delvers are lame. Like I, I
3: had another. I have, a, I have another comparison. Uh, it'd be like if in Book Two of *Stormlight*, they just dealt with Ruin. And then the rest of the books were about like the Alethi, sorry, uh, dealt with Odium.
6: (laughs) Yes, exactly. The rest of the
3: books were about like the Alethi High Prince politics. I'm like, well, isn't
2: that what people think is going to happen at the end of book five and then have like the rest, the whole other half of the series be about something different? Isn't that like one of the main theories about what's going to happen with Stormlight?
3: (laughs)
4: Well, yeah. (laughs)
2: Like, we're halfway through Skyward and this is like the halfway point.
0: Like that is point. This, this, but I would be like, disappointed with this that would've... and I'll complain about that if that's the case if we just
4: Well by it, all means I
5: So I think part of the issue is that we are only at book two of a four book series. We don't know how the overarching plot works that is in Brandon's mind. Yeah. So we are trying to piece together a language with half of an alphabet. Like it's just not going to work necessarily. So like you are picking up on things that like there's probably like an explanation in book three or book four that will make it work, but you're just not
0: We're just not gonna see a Delver being summoned
5: and feel <laughs> fear anymore. Like that's the problem. <laughs> and probably early on in book three we'll see a Delver get summoned and there isn't anybody like Spencer that can go into it and, or like they'll try it's like oh we found out how to fix this Delver problem and it's not gonna work
1: yeah I don't mm-hmm. think it's a, it's solved in any yeah. way shape or form yeah. I think we got really lucky with one specific Delver just, it just no, I think speaking. we got
2: very I got very lucky with both Moriamura and Spencer being the ones mm-hmm. to to do the thing Mm-hmm I do have a suspicion that Braid is going to learn, and that Spencer's advantage is going as the only one who has done it will be taken away. But that's just Mm -hmm. that's just a a thought.
5: And also, like going off of Spencer got lucky. It's like this particular deliver already had a connection with her. Like it was like Mm
2: -hmm. when she watching her.
5: Yeah, Yeah. it it was watching her. Like because like when she jumps to Starsight that last time, she's like the eyes that noticed me earlier aren't there because that's Mm. the one that came out.
2: It's been noted. It's been watching her the whole book. Uh, Why Spencer? She's just a strong. I was curious about that. I'm interested. I'm very
6: interested.
0: It it feels like the ending was just very fast for me. You know, like we, we (sighs) went through a lot of stuff in part five very quickly the battle in detritus is very minimal really Mm -hmm. like we didn't see a lot of it it doesn't make sense for spencer to see a lot of it but i guess brandon's conditioned me to have big epic things and this (laughs) ending was just well we have like 30 pages left so we gotta like wrap it all up so like all right boot the delver out beat the delver have a hook for the next book and it just felt very fast and convenient that's the problem
2: i i agree about I don't know if I don't not, I don't agree. I can see what you mean by the by the fact that this felt like it should have been bigger. I, I think a different author would have done it that way, um, had something of like this scale happening at the end of the series or had it done a little bit differently. The fact that Brandon did it this way halfway through does make me think he has something, you know, both different and bigger in mind because he mm-hmm. does do very big escal- escalations by the time we get to the end of a book. If he has something, uh, if this if this was not the end of a series for Brandon, that actually just makes me more excited because it's sort of like, what is he going to explore? What information is he going to give us in the next two books that is going to make a bigger impact at the end of the entire series? So I, I guess for me, it's sort of um, a combination of the fact that didn't see the, the Delvers as being like quite so eldritch or terrifying or big or evil. Plus the fact that, you know, like, I I sort of, you know, we know how Brandon writes books. I just feel like if this is something, information we needed to have in the middle, that means the ending is going to be different and exciting in a very different way.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: That's that's just my take on that.
3: I I think we also, we keep saying as well that this is halfway through, but like this was originally supposed to be two thirds of the way through because that third book turned into two books. So it solidly outlined, yeah. to be honest. I don't know if yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I have oh, okay. no that's idea
1: fine. how many books. Are, I just assumed it was a trilogy, and no, then you four. guys were like
2: four books,
0: no, and I was like, I pretend I knew <laughs> all. Ah, of Because you're not on Bob episodes where we learn these things.
2: <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, because it's like we don't we don't know actually how the structure changed. So I feel like that's kind of or in Brandon's mind that he changed yeah. it from three to four. So I don't know if that's really that's true. This is that's, this is still the halfway point.
0: It just didn't meld together well enough for me and i am used to Mm -hmm. brandon endings melding together uh like i I get it they were constantly talking about we needed to steal a hyperdrive so i get that jorgen finding the slugs matters i guess the slug thing i was not super thrilled by because we all theorized that doom slug was the hyperdrive the entire time so it's
1: like yeah Yeah, like that 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 just didn't have any impact on me at all so that's something for me. I definitely thought like, oh, what a good twist. I never would have guessed it was doomslug and then, you know, you hear other people in the community and like, oh, that was so predictable. Everybody saw it coming a mile <laughs> off. And I was like, I was so stupid. I'm really bad at books. Don't know how to t- I don't know how to guess things.
0: It, it didn't help that Brandon at uh, signings when people were like, what's Doom Slug? And Brandon's like, that's a relevant question. I was like, okay. Oh, Brandon. yeah, <laughs> Just Oh, like,
1: Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that didn't help. Um, speaking of slugs. Yes. This actually leads back perfectly to the thing I was wanting to say before and forgot. Uh-huh. Hey! Uh, talking about, do we actually know how safe... Hyperdrive travel works because I am baffled by it. It's confusing. Yeah. There's a thing about a scream happens, and that's a distraction. But I don't know, like, does the doom slug make the scream? Because wouldn't making a scream in the ship draw more attention to the ship? That's- Are they making a scream elsewhere while you hyperdrive in <sighs> this direct? like Like. I don't I think we actually talked about that this
0: and yet. And I was confused by the exact same thing. Yeah. And I said the
1: exact same thing to her actually. <laughs> you know, I This is another thing I'm like am I just dumb and don't I, I'm
3: equally baffled. I also don't understand it. Okay, I I have I have theories my assumption was um i initially thought it was the Kitson, uh shadow walkers <laughs> that were the hyperdrive um, yeah. and There's so when it turned enough. out the slugs, I was yeah, like, yeah, that's true, yeah yeah um so i the way i figure it is that they are forcing the slug to make the jump in a painful way that's that's what the causes the scream um they're enforcing it to happen um the eyes look at that because they're looking at the slug they're not looking at Because Spencer never jumps, like no one ever jumps Spencer somewhere other than the slugs. The slugs are the only time we ever see a Spencer get jump somewhere where she's not the person doing the jumping. Right. So the Mm -hmm. slug draw, the slug is the the focal point for the jump. So the eyes look at the slug, but then I guess because it's just a slug, maybe it doesn't quite make, as it's not quite as like, Annoying to them.
0: It doesn't understand that the ship is also there,
3: I guess. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hear the rest of the people. It just hears the slug. And since it's just a slug, it's not as it doesn't leave as big an imprint as, say, a human does or like an AI. It's, you know, it's just just a dumb slug.
2: That was that was my thought. Um, was that this is inferred information based on the fact that they have not had a problem with this safe hyperdrive version. Yeah. Um based on that, I don't think that the scream caught the the Delvers' attention until Spencer was there.
6: Yeah. I think
2: that um, Spencer okay. Spencer was using her Cytonic abilities to try and connect to the hyperdrive and figure out what was going on. Spencer, we know, is quite loud enough to draw Delvers' attention, right? Um, and because we know that this Delver was watching her all the time, um, it was present, and then. We, when we see the scream, we see that it it doesn't just catch like the Delver's attention out of nowhere. It's looking at Spencer, and the scream just distracts the Delver momentarily from Spencer in that moment, um, and lets kind of Spencer like, oh my God, get away, um, like drop this Cytonic right. sense and let right. it get and let it go. So based on this, like this is my inference that by itself, the hyperdrives were not are not actually loud enough. Um, to draw Delver's attention, it's just because this Delver was specifically following Spencer's abilities, and she was trying. And she's also trying to use her Cytonic abilities all the time. The scream was just happens to be in close proximity, and we noticed that the second time that it's there, watching Spencer while she watches the engine, that we we get this line about like the scream doesn't distract the Delver this time. It's still trying to focus in on Spencer. A couple so we, of the
6: I, eyes turn
3: back to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah um like we see it happen twice the first time the scream distracts the second time the scream doesn't um this like because the delver knows about it i presume and is just um and just like is like "Eh, boring and goes back to looking at her so that that's my inference of like i don't actually think the hyperdrives are loud enough to catch the delver's attention
5: i i think they are but they're just not impactful enough it's like it's like you're like facing in one direction and something happens behind you that you hear so like you turn but there's nothing happening there anymore so you're not okay, okay where exactly did that come from mm. so it's just yeah, like it's okay. not enough to like so that they can pinpoint what where it is it just like it, it disorients the eyes perhaps
1: so mm. you guys all have a very different concept my kind of working theory of what was happening Because thinking of the way that I would solve this problem, knowing what we do about the dangers and whatnot, is I got under the impression that the scream was not coming from the hyperdrive itself Um, because it's not, it's just not really clear. Mm -hmm. And they talk about there being like cytonic communication between the bridge and the engineering room. Yeah. And they're like, why would they need cytonic communication? And so I think you go and you put a beacon way out in the middle of some crazy uninhabited space, nothing around for light years, and you cytonically communicate with that beacon, okay, we're about to hyperdrive jump now. They make a scream. So the Delvers like turn in that direction and then you slip through like unnoticed behind because it did definitely seem that the scream was making the Delvers turn away. And Spencer yeah. was like, "Oh no, that one has turned toward me, which would be the ship." I don't know how a scream in the ship would distract Delvers from yeah. the ship. Is my I don't. I never thought. I going. never thought
2: about it like being physical space.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Um,
2: I thought ab- I thought about it being cytonic space. Um, it's the nowhere. Because is, like the scream is what led it led me to believe and like confirm this is a that the hyperdrive is an organic being yeah. for one because mm-hmm. scream you know, screams are made by things and animals and people, um, whereas sort of like we, I think I think we kind of know like because of just the way the nowhere works, just physical space doesn't necessarily have to matter. Um
6: yep. Is it's that spiritual uh, realm.
2: it's a it's a spiritual realm? <laughs> is that like? <laughs> I, 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 I was never confused about like the fact like I don't think the the Delver was actually trying to look for the ship. I think it was always looking for Spencer. It and it's just like the Spencer and the hyperdrive just happened to happen simultaneously, which is why which is why the distraction happened. Like the I'll take a look at what what's that scream.
6: Back to Spencer. Also, the ship
5: is not causing like inert matter. Like a planet or a ship doesn't hurt the delvers they don't care about that right it's the minds it's the cytonics it's the
2: animal minds animals' minds are not conscious or are fully conscious, which we know conscious behavior is what really aggravates them. It was like when 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 Spencer was talking to the delver or Interacting, they were being other people. They like, they were taking yeah, yeah. their minds and pu- and putting them into other beings. They were only like exploring conscious beings. They weren't like let's oh there. This is this is a weak example because, um, because they only looked at a few at a few people, but it was always
1: people.
4: I it, don't it was know it if, was the
1: conscious people that I they needed, it, that the Silver needed to understand. I think it makes sense why they dislike AI so much then. Because that is a conscious mind that is also causing a lot of like electronic communication in order to be conscious. In cytonic space. A, in cytonic space. And in the cytoverse. It is would this, probably this, be the most painful version. Is this? Yeah. I just
0: reread it last night and I didn't get an impression that they specifically hated consciousness. I thought it was just the wireless communications. I, I, no, I, I it didn't get like, that. Personally. because
2: like there was like a line about like the laughter that really caught my attention it was like mm-hmm. the, the 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 loud cytonic stuff brings the attention to the other communications the radio and the and the stuff which brings attention even further down to the people um
0: when uh, one what laughter when
2: there was like it's, a moment yeah it's a. Um, um, I i think it's, it's like, in the white room in the yeah. white room, yeah. okay, like, okay. talking about this child. I'm looking... Oh, wrong. Mm-hmm. Wrong
1: book. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the, the laughter is something she specifically reinterprets. That the yeah. Delver hears it as painful. And she yeah. has to, like, show, no, that's, that's joy, that's happiness. Mm-hmm. Something like that. That does sound Why funny Why can't I search? Let me in. Whilst
3: we're searching... Let me in. The stuff about the radio waves, the way I interpreted the Delver's attention was when they're in the, the Nowhere... They only care about cytonics yeah. when they come into the real world. Yeah. They're like, Oh, it's not just cytonics. I can hear, I can now hear all this electromagnetic magnetic I can hear everything. Everything's really noisy. It's horrible.
4: Mm. You
2: know? Okay. I touched the mind of the Delver and showed it those annoyances from the perspective of each individual person. I showed it that the buzzing was sometimes laughter. This is what I see. I said to the Delver. So this is what, like I meant about like conscious behavior. Okay. Like, um, Even like, even the act of existing, talking, laughing, crying is probably like conscious behavior, thinking, Okay. and the expressions of that. So that's what I was, that's what I really got from, from that. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. So I, that's totally a great point is that it's an AI is both the outward expression of thinking and it can only exist through cytonic activity. That's perfect. That's sort of like, it's probably like like the loudest, probably the loudest thing to the Delver.
6: Wow. That's I, like what, I love that. I like that. Cool, cool yeah. theory. We just we just
1: <laughs> solved. TCLs. Came up with whatever. <laughs>
4: I did it. <laughs> I <think laughs> see, you're good at reading hyperscapes.
1: <laughs> we did it.
0: Uh, I think the yeah. yeah, there there can't be like a beacon because it's got to be the the slugs because that was the whole point of Jorgens. And they, 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 they it out get the later. yeah, you're right. But I guess just the ship doesn't appear in the nowhere. It's just the cytonics appear in the nowhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if the slug's just there, it's not paying attention to the other things, but
5: mm-hmm. I guess.
0: Yeah, because I don't
2: think I don't think the if Spencer was there, I don't think the Cytonic would have even noticed the scream. I think it was that's specifically interpretation. In. That's, I think yeah. Spencer was touching the Cytonic, trying to reach out and figure out what was going on, so she's using her Cytonic sense. The Delver pokes in because it always does when Spencer sometimes even when she's not even trying, it's poking in a lot with Spencer. Um, and so it's, it's noticing Spence's activity that's, and so like, it just like the scream is just like a quick flash and like the, what was that? Yeah. But the eh, scream nothing. always
1: happens. The scream is yeah. the important yeah, but part but for the Delver. To it's it's yeah, Del- yeah. It's an intentional part of the distraction process yeah. is the scream. I don't think it's an incidental thing that they wouldn't have noticed the scream. Yeah. I
2: just think that if they've been using oh, it for how oh, many years, and that it has never been a problem, and it's also related to exactly where the ship is going to be. If physical space doesn't matter, then yeah,
6: I'm like, saying, doesn't, why wouldn't it? It doesn't they, totally make sense. Yet. To,
2: why wouldn't it be able to hear it from wherever it warps to as well? Yeah, no. So that's why I, I, I think it can't hear the scream because or, I don't. No, I think
5: it can. Like because like they it's it, the, all of the eyes turn towards the screen. I just I don't think it's enough it's it's short enough that like they can't pinpoint.
2: The reason I think it's it's because we only see it when Spensa is is there. Mm-hmm. That well, so that's, that's why being good... Spencer being like the point of view character, I don't think I don't think she's just an observer seeing this happen and like oh this is how this is how the screen works. I think it's because she's there that they know, that they're noticing.
1: I disagree. I think we're talking I, I, about I
0: slightly different things. Very Maybe. possibly. Because like I think were y- you're shannon talking about the delvers noticing Spencer? and i agree that that's a Spencer thing but and I hearing think- the scream
1: no yeah well, shannon but- shannon thinks they only hear the scream because Spencer's there i yes. don't agree Which with I, that at all i disagree I, with i, I think yeah. the scream is always a part of the distraction process and yeah. the weird thing that went wrong was distraction- they looked at Spencer instead of the scream
2: I think they were not interested in the scream is like the basic thing is that the whatever the scream is, they take a look, they're not interested, and that's kind of it. Because otherwise I think they would follow the I think they would follow the slug if it was really that interesting. And they we know they don't need to like actually follow it in physical space. So mm-hmm. this is this is just inferred, nothing nothing like lines. This is just all my inferred theory. I, yeah. I would
1: say that is not how Spencer is understanding it. Yeah. Spencer definitely interprets the scream as an intentional distraction mm-hmm. of the delvers i we know, Spence, I believe. We know she's not always sometimes. right no, but i think so. that is her working theory at least yeah. and so yeah. that's that's what we've got to go off of
5: i yeah. think it's for whatever reason with these slugs slugs the delvers can't follow it like it's yeah, it distracts it them but they can't like
1: No GPS data, honestly. Yeah,
5: it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) otherwise, it's like, yes, they would have tracked down the slug and emerged. Yeah. But they can't.
0: I I need a better explanation. It's like, can they control
2: when an animal screams? That's the thing. I mean, it just always,
0: just always (laughs) happens. Can they
2: make it it so it only only ever screams on like the, the, the before the jump, but not during the jump, not after the jump? Like, I don't know that that like that's a little shaky
3: as i said i my my theory was that the scream was a result of what they do to make it jump
0: yeah like, they're, yeah. like yeah. maybe they're like, like poking like it with it or something. something yeah right exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. which will be yeah. fun so fun for doom
1: slug but yeah. there's a, there's also the chance that like it isn't painful for the doom slug at all because we know doom slugs are imitators like maybe they just need the doom slug to imitate a scream oh.
2: Oh, okay. In, just which, care, as a doom slug. in which case, Jump. we're back to the question of how do they say tonically induce a scream at the exact right time in order to make this a distraction?
0: Well, and also like dump I'm the psychotic info of where they want to go as well. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind yep. of a thing
5: as well. Uh, so, so
2: we know that they do that. So anyway, this is a huge tangent, a huge yeah. side.
5: But one more important thing about this is how intelligent are doom slugs? Yeah. 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 There, there is that one point in the book where Spencer is like by who, and Doomslug corrects her by yeah, saying that is by true. whom. That's yep. true. <laughs> that was it's really like funny. A,
1: it could be oh, just yeah. a little funny moment, or maybe it's no, I don't. Think, yeah. yeah, I think that matters. I, and I mean, like, I this
5: also... is the only like non-sapien cytonics we see,
6: which mm-hmm. is
5: like yeah, yeah cool. This like another example of like cytonics just being a thing in this universe. Yep. Mm-hmm. But could it be more?
2: Yep. Mm. And that also points to like why why I'm very confident about conscious behavior because uh, even a smart animal is not always sapient. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, no, I I, I like that. Uh, yeah. I did. Spencer Spence has used Doomslug as a hyperdrive. No, I'm no. no. She never I
3: do There's there's a point that I'm confused about when she jumps in Skyward the very mm-hmm. end mm-hmm. at the very end doom uh embot says uh, cytonic Hyper hyperdrive yeah. is online mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: so either at that point doom slug was be- like the way i always interpreted that scene was because i kind of assumed that doom slug was the hyperdrive since that point that doom right. slug was that cytonic hyperdrive and then spencer was just activating it somehow Oh, I but, don't agree with that at all. So no. the fact she jumps is is I guess that means that Embok can register when Spencer's the one doing the right. jump. Yes, yes. He, okay. he, is, okay. he, he has psychotic. He
2: has in his computer. So yeah,
3: yeah. It's like she
5: describes it as feeling like as her mind melding with the ship, and that's, that's when true. he's like, "Oh, satanic hyperdrive engaged." I think okay. we, we are given
2: Doomslug. Mm-hmm. at the at the end of skyward and the beginning of um starsight. Oh, starsight we i think those are giveaways to the reader but um because it's not so obvious to Spencer, um we see just because it seems to be so much on her on her own ability to to make the jump that's why i'm not totally confident i i i would argue against her ever having used a hyperdrive before
1: I just find okay. it eerily coincidental that, like, the first time she hyper du- she hyper jumps is like the first time Doomslag is in the cockpit with her, and then the second <laughs> time it happens is also because Doomslag happens to be in the cockpit with her. It's got to be Spencer. I I would be so upset if that mm-hmm. was not the
0: case because. Well, the second yeah, time Spencer had to have done that because she had the yeah, dumpler, the info to Starsight. Like it, right. it has to be her, and like she's she just was the one
2: who had the coordinates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Um, and in, in every jump in Sight, she was the one who had the cytonic.
0: We haven't talked about one other thing in this book, and it's kind of actually, I know I I hit about the Delver a lot, but at least from conversation that i've seen at least on our discord and the forums about the very end because we we have not really talked about that and i think we should talk about that and then do maybe last thoughts
1: maybe okay mm-hmm. i was yeah. gonna say i've had a lot of restraint not yet talk talking about my favorite character yeah yeah, yeah. You should, <laughs> you about- yeah, yeah, yeah you should talk about that um yeah because that'll lead into the ending um yeah mm-hmm my absolute favorite part of this book despite the fact that i love all of like the intercultural stuff all of the spy stuff uh was braid i love braid as a character she's don't judge me but she's up there with like renarin and Steris in terms of like hardcore protection squad damn so, we'll get, yeah exactly. <laughs> that
3: is high praise yeah yes
6: yeah, so
1: um and I've gotten into a lot of discussions with people who's like, she's just evil. She's just like terrible and, you know, is selfish and whatever. Spencer really? tried to help her and she didn't want it. So forget her. She's a villain now. Um, and I am definitely not on in that camp. I think Spencer kind of thinks, Oh, maybe she isn't as brainwashed as I thought. I think she's still very brainwashed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely.
2: Kidnapped at seven? That's true. Yeah that's traumatic like yeah. you're not just gonna no matter like how well they connected in two weeks and we know that they didn't connect and even if they had that isn't gonna overwrite a lifetime yeah of being like
6: yeah
1: traumatized and
2: like told that you're evil yeah.
1: mm-hmm. how to make feathers favorite characters are give them a lot of self-loathing and give them a lot of uh, discipline to try to keep the consequences of that self loathing in check. I, I my, favorite Dn- no <laughs> uh, my favorite
4: no
1: way my favorite D and D character right now is basically just this right now. Shannon can attest because she's in that group. Um, but yeah, so that's why I love Braid, and I will support her to the end. And I only want good things for her every time oh, she what? shows up Braid. on my. It, really it is very sympathetic. I love you. I just like I just care about her so deeply and the pain that she's in. I feel such empathy for her it's, situation.
2: It's an extremely painful situation that Braid is in right now yes, that she yes. doesn't even that she can't even admit is a bad situation. Because uh, she's been told that her reaction makes her evil. Her reaction to the bad things that Winsick has done to her makes her bad. And so she's like, okay, well, I guess I'm bad. This, this proves it.
6: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. I would be interested in your sorry, I got the specific line, because the specific line that I realized is open to interpretation. Mm. And I interpreted it one way and I think this is why some people think that she's not as brainwashed as they say.
1: This is the one it's- from the epilogue?
3: yeah the very, the the, very the, end the very end where we have,
1: we have the, they, uh, the chapter after the epilogue <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um it's the point where braid has made her offer and then spencer's thinking about it and then it says uh as she eyed me i read something else into the words she said helpers rule my opportunities are here i'd always seen her as brainwashed was that maybe not giving her enough credit I interpreted this as to when Braid, when Braid is like, help us rule my opportunities, I take opportunities when I see it. The way I see it is that she's saying, hey, Spencer, do you want to join me? And the humans can then rule the superiority. We'll, we'll no. take over. That's how I, think, I interpreted that.
4: I think, I think
1: she's very wentzic. much about Winsic. Yeah. yeah, she's, she's lo- un- unable to question. Yeah. Okay. What
2: I really liked about her offer to Spencer is that this wasn't signed off by Winsick.
6: Yeah, that's
2: true. She's, she's offering it and she's like, I can make it work with Winsic. Yeah,
6: um,
2: implying, implying that, you know, it's sort of like, I can convince him this is okay. She did not get permission from Winsick to make this offer to Spencer. Yep.
4: Um,
2: this was, I think this was a real moment of her trying to reach out Um. Mm-hmm. So this this is kind of what that's the that's the that's the phrasing that gives me hope for Braid's, uh future hopeful healing and escape from yes. um clutches. But it was um, this was a she she didn't get permission like that that's huge. It was just like this was a she really actually w- wanted Spencer to be on her side.
3: Oh no, that makes oh. So Spencer near the end theorizes that her shooting down the civilian transport was part of Winsick's plan to make humans look bad. Oh, but if 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 she didn't get permission, that means she legitimately just accidentally killed a bunch of people. No, 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 just, I, the I, offer, just, like, the offer, just the offer, just the just offer. Just the offer. Yeah. I think oh. the
1: whole setup of propaganda, go shoot this transport and blame that. That was Spence. on Winsic's orders. That was Winzik's plan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I
2: meant just, just the, offer, to, just the okay. offer she gives to Spencer to like, why don't you and the rest of the humans like come work for us and be our soldiers? Like that offer, and she's like, I can I can square that away with Winsick. I can make that, a-. I think it was just that offer to, to Spencer yeah. directly. Yeah, I agree. Because I think Winzik, I do, I think Winsick was planning to just have Spencer take the fall yep. and like that'll be the that'll be the end of it and that's what Braid did. But then before right before Spencer leaves, Braid's like, wait, hold on a second.
3: Hold okay, on. so the you think Winzig's plan was kill her while she's in the hospital room, then have mm-hmm. Braid shoot down a random civilian transport and then blame it on the mm-hmm. the girl okay. who died and in And the then they room. get credit for killing for
2: stopping the human no. threat who's rampaging through Starsight Yeah. But,
3: she, but the, the plan wasn't for her to rampage through star side the plan was for her to get shot while she's lying in a hospital room
5: or something. no they'll they were get rid of her stage something okay and then move her dead body to wherever <laughs> yeah,
1: something like it. something okay. like
2: that 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 okay. you know like braid will do something bad and like and then they they don't have to have Spencer there on camera they can just say that mm-hmm. we did it yeah. and they'll believe and they'll believe it because mm. we know that there was a lot of
6: a fighting plan. and
2: disputing going on at okay. at the time. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, I.
0: Felt it was convenient that this coup happened uh, right as Spencer woke up. That's that's very that's very oh. that's very fortunate <laughs> yeah. for Spencer. Uh, like there three whole main
1: character avoidance. Yeah, has to be awake for events. I know. <laughs> I mean, like
2: another way to do it was like she was awakened as the coup is starting, and Kuna's like, "Oh my god!" Da, da, da. There's a, there. There was another way to do it, but I mean,
0: it just felt convenient, I, like adding to I, the convenience. It's all convenient. Of the convenient.
1: You know what it might be actually? Uh, Kuna says that they woke Spencer up specifically to talk to the press. Um yep. Kuna like apologizes oh, yeah. for that, like, I'm sorry I woke you up a little earlier Early. than normal okay. because we need you to make a statement. Because so it's very possible are, that Winzick yeah. found out Kuna's waking up the human to talk to the press. We need to go. We need to do this, do this now. This we need to do this now. now. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. probably what because, the timing is.
5: Yeah. He couldn't allow that to happen.
2: Winsic right. needed to be the first one to, to tell his side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Winzik so- has the, now the advantage of having his word made public first. His side made public first. That's the propaganda advantage. Mm-hmm. And oh. so if he finds out, he needs to be the first one to say the right words. He needs to be the mm-hmm. first one to say justice.
5: Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I, it, I cool. really liked Braid because <laughs> she's basically Spencer from Skyward.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: And now Spencer has to deal with Spencer from Skyward in, throughout <laughs> so all I can the trading. See, I, can,
6: I
1: can see it's that like, comparison. Yeah, that I
5: like that. I do mm-hmm. like that. No. I don't um, see the comparison.
0: the <laughs> I'm <sorry. Such laughs> yeah. impulsiveness and such. Oh,
6: okay. there's, there's, there's like the
1: and the flying. Yeah, like, yeah, there's a line.
2: Right yeah. after the right after the one that you quoted, Ben, where she where she's like, This is like if if I before this yeah. would have been some this would have been a kind of thinking I would have agreed with. Like that's that's a line that she says. Oh yeah, it's
3: literally the next line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, the younger time. me would have applauded what she was doing and helping Winsick. Z- exactly.
2: So c- like c- this is like
6: past Spencer.
3: So so what did we think about uh the 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 the, the
5: cliffhanger?
6: I was fine with it. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I was. I feel I, like it was a natural progression. It's like, really? We have.
6: I like. More of I an like. Don't think of
5: what the delvers are. We know they live in the nowhere.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: There's the fact that like there are nowhere stable nowhere portals on different planets,
1: which you can like, apparently live in and be alive with yeah. like It's like that's suits? where they get the
5: acclivity stone. Yeah.
2: Interesting. Yeah. So there's
6: matter bizarre there. Bizarre.
2: Yeah, but as for the actual suddenness of it, I'm like, I'm trying to think of a way of a like, I can't think of a place you could cut it off where like there's other information that I would want. Like right now, I'm okay with it because my big concern was Embot's um, state.
4: Yeah. Um.
2: So it's sort of like if you cut right. it off before then, then you're you're gonna we're gonna spend the next few years wondering like, is Embot okay? What the heck? Hmm. Uh. So this way, like, we know that he survived. Um, yeah. I don't really care about Doomslug, to be honest. Um, sorry, <laughs> but I don't care. Um, but so got Mbot to safety, and we know that he's he's gonna be okay. Right now, you can't you can't keep just writing the book because you know to like what happens like,
6: mm-hmm.
2: as, especially if there's about to be a time skip. I um, like if like the process of getting. The, the, the split in the superiority might be very interesting, but it also, I think, could be done. We could just catch up to where they are very easily. And I don't and, you know, and the reveal of what the knower is actually like, I think, is best saved for the next book. Like, let's keep something really interesting and exciting for like what that is going to be for the next one. And so I can't mm. I can't see a way it could have been done differently.
3: Hmm. I liked the, the false epilogue. Um, I'm <laughs> a sucker for stuff like that. Uh, I love you, it. Yeah, it's the epilogue started. I noticed. I actually thought, I was like, man, there's still 6% of the book left in this, the epilogue. That can't be right. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, that's not a good one. Um, And yeah, so yeah, when you, you get that feeling of, okay, everything's, everything's happened, you've got that, that calming feeling. And then Spencer's like, something's not right. And then you feel something's not right. And then it goes bam, here's a new chapter, and you're like, oh, and then it really kicks off and it's like hmm. I really hmm. like that kind of synergy of using the format you have, which is
6: mm-hmm. a book,
3: and using that to make the reader feel something. You're you're utilizing yeah. the the medium that you have in a really good way. Yeah. Like, so I really liked it. Example of Brandon is an author.
5: He writes books, like he can do things with the format of a book, yeah. in ways that like he couldn't do with a script or a graphic yeah. novel, necessarily, yeah it's very
0: interesting,
2: Brandon, I like that he didn't let us go on with the false assumption that things in the superiority were gonna be okay, yeah, like if he ended it. Um, in a place where we're like we had, what if we were like sitting here theorizing like do you think Winsick is made like is going to be a problem in the future like <laughs> let's just yeah. get that out of the way and like so like I like I would prefer having realistic expectations for what the what the future books are going to be than st- starting the next book and being unpleasantly surprised with all of Spence's work maybe being for nothing it's sort of like I think this was a y- y- I, I think he had to show the the Winsick doing his coup and the superiority about being about to be split because like I think in terms of like how books are crafted I think I would have been almost more disappointed um to open the next book and find out time skip or no time skip that all of a sudden like oh Spence's gambit didn't work and the superiority is split and da 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 like I think this gives us more better expectations more clear expectations for what the future of their relations are going to be. So that's that's another thing.
1: Yeah, I think I agree. I think it was too hopeful at the start of the epilogue. Like, oh, mm-hmm. Kuna's on board, and they're going to help the humans get acclimated to the superiority. And they talked to Cobb, and like Morremberg got born, and... And got hey. born. Everyone's happy, and the humans are going to be all right. They're going to be able to get out of prison, and. You know, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be great, <laughs> and like I don't think that is the the place to end the book. I do think we needed a, a wrench thrown in the gears of some mm. sort.
2: Winsick was always going to do that. I'm just <laughs> yeah, glad we yeah. got it confirmed now. He was True. always. Gonna do that. <laughs>
3: I'm getting the slight impression that Eric, you didn't Eric like has something. To <laughs> say.
2: Well, well, see, I didn't,
0: I didn't mind the cliffhanger nearly as much as, uh, my girlfriend, Jess, who hated the cliffhanger a lot. She hated it probably as much as I hated the Delver thing. Uh, mm. she just doesn't really like cliffhangers. And it's like, Oh, now this book is just unresolved. And now we have a two year break. And so we just don't get any resolution. And, uh, I the, the way I kind of see it is the only reason why the epilogue was like, wow, everything's hunky-dory and everything's great is because the Delver was lame and nothing actually <laughs> happened. And like <laughs> yeah. if the Delver actually caused, like imagine a different book, okay? That like the Delver broke Star side in half or something, then the Delver leaves and then it's like, wow, what are we going to do next? Then that, that at least is like, a natural progression for this book whereas this everything was fine so easily that we needed another uh thing to get us excited for the next book and it just didn't feel natural with what this book was trying to do in my opinion
2: i disagree because i think that everything that happened at the end um was we were given it through Wrote the entire Spence's entire reaction to the superiority and her trying to understand the superiority and her reactions to Kuna and Winsic. Like I think, like if they just split it in half, I think that would have been just kind of too easy. It's just sort of like, oh, actually, this whole thing we spent the entire book talking about is not really a problem. Let's just do something else. Well,
0: I mean, what was uh-huh. talked about earlier was that Delvers <laughs> yeah, the and Delvers destroying like, the everything. but else. what was talked if about
2: earlier is also like humans, like humans' place, because like that would that took up a lot of thematic space in this book. Was like the the conversation about where humans belong do we should we kill them um are we being too harsh on them um spencer thinking through her people's place in in the universe and what she can do to convince people that they deserve to live you know there's
3: i am with eric on this i i will mourn the loss of of the book that appeared in my mind the moment that spencer diverted the delver to star site yep because the moment that happened i was like damn Spencer's just proved what people say about humans the correct. She has, they spend the whole book saying, You're going to accidentally kill people. And she's like, Haha, joke's on you. I'm going to accidentally kill everybody. And, <laughs> <laughs> and
1: so. get that aspect of it, but that is a very interesting <laughs> so, thing. But it's Wow. It's
2: very funny, wow. but I didn't, I, I never thought it was going to go there.
3: Yeah. Um, but then I kind of, then I did remember, I'm like, oh, I am reading a, Brandon Book and Brandon, So we generally always end on a hopeful note. So I know she's probably going to solve this problem and not prove them right. And, but, but that war criminal Spencer, that was my, that sounds way more interesting. <laughs> I, I'm gonna lie, I was way into like, that idea well, and I was I'm like, right, I know it's going to get resolved.
2: I just don't, I don't There feel don't have been no one left to convince. Well, this is like
0: this is plenty.
5: This like the superiority something.
0: didn't need to like all die there, like it's just the regional yeah. government, and there probably would have been no, a lot the of the high escape.
5: chancellor was there.
3: Well, yeah, yeah they, okay, it, that, but but they, they, they managed to started. evacuate a bunch of people before the thing yeah. because okay, this is something I really didn't like is they they opened the shield on the other side of Starsight to the Delver, and I'm like. Is the Delver, can it not just go around to open part of the shield? Yeah, like, i like, we don't understand how its attacks work, but is but it really, like, like so easy you're that you could thinking, just... thinking, <laughs>
5: like, as if the Delver knows what's going on down there. It's, like, it doesn't care that, like... That side of the ant heel is more open. It's just going to go straight through. Okay, does yeah, yeah, it? I don't Delver's think done. the
1: shield was actually a deterrent to the delver. I think if it yeah. just wanted to slide through star sight, star sight would have been, you know, done. Why didn't it do that? Oh,
0: yeah, but, I was going to say no. Do that. This, so shields are definitely a, a thing. It doesn't
5: shields like. do work. They just don't last very long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. That's that's mm. true. But. I guess I'm thinking about cliffhangers I liked. I don't know about you. It's entirely possible people feel differently on cliffhangers. But the cliffhangers I liked are the two that come to mind as well of Ascension and like Infinity War. Like those, Those are two examples of like there's a big thing that happens at the end. But the entire book is building to an event. And like I don't feel this book was building to that. Like the the what happened at the mm-hmm. end, it felt kind of like a fake out. Like, yeah, it does do a lot of the governmental things. That I I hear what you're saying, but like, the book was spent about training to fight Delvers, and like, yeah, we learned uh, about the superiority. But like, mm-hmm. in chapter four, we were like, oh, this is the book about Delvers. I think Spot this versus is maybe
5: yeah,
4: like yeah, a, good... a stage yeah.
5: magician, Brandon. Is building the main plot in distracting you with this bright shiny thing,
6: yeah. which is
5: the Delvers. Yeah. But that's not actually the main plot. Yeah. Like the superiority. Like you can't see my hand motions. Yeah. yeah. They're too far
0: <laughs> <down>. <laughs> that's, it's all good. That's that's true, but uh it definitely just felt convenient that it's like, oh, I gotta have a cliffhanger for the next book to get excited. And I'm I am not excited.
2: Neutral. Well, for me, it was sort of like it was always going to I was always going to be excited and wanted to read the new one. So it's sort of like the cliffhanger wasn't like it didn't feel like a hook. It was it felt like this is what's going to happen next in the story. But we're already at like 500 pages and he can't write a second book in this. You know, he can't write two (laughs) at the size of two books in one. So like I was just sort of like, oh, the next one, the it just felt like this this is going to continue. And I consider myself fairly. Cliffhanger neutral. Um, it it yeah. really depends on what I think from uh, of the creator. And with Brandon, I don't have any doubt that we're going to get a continuation. Sometimes I feel like like sometimes TV shows at the end of a season, oh, sure. it'll be yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, but yeah. oh, what if this is about to be canceled? Or
1: like I don't yeah, trust that's the true. I don't
2: trust or yeah. I don't trust the writer to. I like it. Just felt like sometimes I do feel it's cheap.
1: Mm-hmm. But Brandon
2: it's has earned like my trust.
1: Constant escalation for escalation's yeah. sake.
2: Brandon, so- it's sort of like he wants to continue it i know he's going to continue it he's not going to leave us in the lurch and i trust where he's going to go with it so it's sort of like for me this was not a big deal whereas like if it was a different writer maybe it would be so i'm, I'm cliffhanger neutral yeah
5: so i'm actually a little surprised that you're not a fan of this eric because i feel like if we had gotten something along these lines at the end of skyward to like better set up the book we got you wouldn't have had the expectations you had.
0: It just—it it still just doesn't feel con- better. Well, that's the problem with writing a series where it's like we're going to go to completely different places. It's like there's always this hard right turn, and like yeah. it, like I don't know if that can be done satisfactorily. Like I just don't think that's mm-hmm. even possible with everyone being totally on board. It's like you like to try this? out of there, like that—that's going to lose readers, right? And. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't mind the cliffhanger as much, but mm-hmm. it it's all just convenient. We wrapped up the Delver <laughs> so quick, and so we have to have another plot thread to have us, you know, go I into think, the end. I
2: think really what it is, is that if you weren't satisfied with the theme, then the plot was going, always going to disappoint you. Because it's sort of like, for me, Morimer didn't feel like a plot device at the end, because Morimer. Their story echoed Spencer, like the idea of like having to argue that you are worth keeping around. Like that was that was like a really powerful connection. Mm-hmm. Um, like and that like it's not made explicit, but this is like a really strong mirror connection. And so like this is like kind of like the difference. Spencer mm-hmm. is going through a whole other thing like they're, they're training to fight the Delvers. You're totally right. That is the mm-hmm. plot. But the theme of it, Spensa is otherwise extremely occupied with her people and relating to the superiority and finding the similarities between her people and the people of the superiority. Like that was that's the theme is like Mm -hmm. is like belonging. And, you know, like, do we deserve to be here even? Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like that that might be the, the central aspect of like, Different takes See, but, uh, now, that, now that I think I about get, this. I get
0: that with the theme, but like the cliffhanger doesn't connect with the theme that you just said. Like, if, if you're, you're yeah, saying it, does. If I, like, no, it
2: Winzick, like, yeah, it does. The, the the cliffhanger is because Spencer suddenly needs to escape. She suddenly needs to escape because Wensick is doing a coup. Wensick's coup is entirely about the existence of humans. It's sort of like it's like it's an escalation of that plot entirely. That's the whole reason. It's not about delvers, it's, a, it's about humans and their place in the universe, it's entirely about about the theme.
3: (laughs) Yes. I I, I, I just really didn't feel it was necessary. It's made me realize that I haven't really gone into what I really didn't like about the book. Oh,
0: you should probably talk about
3: that. (laughs) I should probably talk about that a little bit. Okay, so I said in the beginning, the first half for me, I thought was terrible. Like, not just like, not for me, but I thought it was just, like, bad. Because you spend... Uh, a good 30% of the book is just her arriving at Starsight, um, her thinking about going to Starsight, having Kuna and Mbot just explain things to her while she doesn't do anything. One of the things that Brandon Emily does pretty well is he normally um, it manages to put something interesting happen whilst boring things are happening. Like, uh, I th- always think of one of the quintessential scenes of this is when Dalinar and uh, the head Arden, he's best friends with Kadash. Uh, Kadash. They have like a, they have an argument, but they have a sword fight whilst doing the argument because Banner's normally pretty good at having multiple things happening when he's. When if it was only one, it would be kind of boring. Right. So, is, so Spencer just spends a lot of time having things explained to her whilst sitting in a room or sitting in Mbot. Then you have the first fight, the, the training thing, where I knew we didn't know any other characters. Um, we. The fight happens. I'm like, obviously, Spencer and i are going to be fine. So I feel no tension whatsoever. I do not care. That's when you get introduced to the other characters, and I guess that was that. That was like, okay, that's that's all right. Um, but you don't get to know them until, and it it's literally at fifty percent. Very of
2: the way. externally motivated.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was. I just wasn't super compelled by Spencer's. Internal monologues, internal like conflicts, being like, "Oh man, I'm so bad at this," but people just keep explaining stuff to me anyway. Um, and so it was. It's exactly fifty percent way through the book is when the Delver maze is introduced. That's when I started. That that was. I really liked everything Delver related. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I was like,
1: so m- funny. That's so <laughs> yeah. That's
2: so I was because it, it's like <laughs> the conversation <laughs> is the interesting part. It's like, I like that. It's intrigue. It's
1: The the most interesting part of this book to me is the superiority itself. Yeah. And the question of, is their philosophy good? Do they actually live up to their philosophy? What have they needed to sacrifice in order to achieve this philosophy? You know, should the humans be trying to join the superiority? Should we be trying to overthrow the superiority? Mm -hmm. What are their real motivations and things like that? And that was a lot of what we were getting like, okay, we're meeting this official and we're meeting this official and there's tension and, oh, there's a trained human here. What the... Like hmm. all of that was super engaging to me
6: uh, so yeah, I, trying
1: to figure out these new characters who had a lot of power that were new to Spencer that she needed to figure out quickly.
3: But we already knew from Defending Elysium that these races were a bit... I didn't read we didn't, okay, Elysium until... Sorry, no, until no I,
1: am
2: starting, I actually so. totally agree with that. I actually completely disagree because we got like a couple paragraphs and what the superiority were about. It's sort of like that's not a real exploration. It's um, not like but, what, what they I actually mean. think, how they think what like whether it's worth it
3: but we like we, we have what I mean is is we already knew from phoneism that they were going to have um less than proper ethical answers to some questions, like things that generally as human beings we disagree with we already knew they were kind of sinister, and so for me, I'm like. Whatever the answer is going to be, they're probably just going to be bad. I mean, they are
0: called we, the superiority. They're called the like,
3: superiority. Was, <laughs> they
1: again, have the librarian
5: secondary citizenship.
1: But like, they're nice.
5: yeah. It,
1: it, it, it was pretty we, very. We much know that they're- Maybe this bad. book is better if you didn't read Defending Elysium. <laughs> maybe,
0: maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I read yeah. Defending Elysium. Then I, I don't have. I don't share the same issues
3: that Ben had. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, it was it was at that exact halfway point. The Delver Maze. Was good. We start getting to know the new pilots. It made me laugh because every the uh, oh my god! I spent the whole book calling him Alvin, so I can't remember his name. Hesha, uh, uh, Hesha, um, <laughs> Hesha, uh Murmur, and uh, Vapor all have a scene where they talk to Spencer. In depth, and it felt very that felt very formulaic. I am reminded mm, about yeah, okay the, near the end of Avatar: The Last Airbender when talk when you get like a sequence of episodes where Ang gets sort goes on for a little adventure with all the characters on their own, and and it felt like that. Like everyone's like, oh man, it's time for Morimoto to have his one-on-one chat with Spencer so he can get to know him, and it's like, oh, it's time for Vapor. A, yeah, time for- <sighs>
2: yeah,
0: I can
3: <laughs> see them,
2: what
3: you mean. Real quick, them, oh, them, them, I, I want to, yeah. Um, it's I, it, them. I, no um and and so i just it just didn't click with me but everything delver brandon writes good cosmic horror and i really liked everything to do with that but that's the only aspect of the book i liked and so when it came to the ending and it seems to me the delvers problems fixed i'm like i don't know if i want to read the rest of the books because i'm like (laughs) i don't know if i care because i don't (laughs) so so i I agree with you that the delvers were definitely
5: a part of the book that i found the most interesting where we differ is I didn't think that was the main point of the book,
6: yeah, so oh.
0: yeah, that might that might be the the <laughs> critical distinction and with with the cliffhanger for me like okay i've I've been thinking about what you said, Shannon, about the theme yes. connecting, yeah, I still don't think this is the only way the book can end, <laughs> and it just still feels tacked on to me, like it's just like, mm-hmm. ah, just. We, we gotta h- get people excited for the next book. And it just feels so commercial that we gotta just like <laughs> have uh, and uh, make, yeah. It, it's fine if that worked for others but it, it just mm-hmm. feels blatant to me
1: and oh I that, oh god
2: is just i just don't see it that way and i don't that's fine i don't think, we, I, have any, I, don't think for... I have any further explanation it's just no yeah, that, this, that's this, fine
1: I that's fine starsight is an exploration of how books mean so many different things to yes. different people yes. how <laughs> something that like yeah i loved it it was fine for someone is like no it's Awful! I wish they hadn't had done it totally different. Um, and this just, is like,
4: not
3: the reaction. Really <laughs> this yeah. is not the reaction I thought we'd have, like as a group. <laughs> like, yeah. the, hate it.
1: the Delvers remind me of like how do Realmatic magic systems work, which is always my least favorite part <laughs> mm, of discussion. Right.
2: I agree, actually. This felt like So I'm like, like, romantic. like, I'm like this is the care. lore.
1: It's yeah. going to work however it works. Brandon will have some cool explanation. All right, there's the explanation. Let's get back to the interesting stuff, which is characters and the societies. Uh, that's right.
0: what I'm And, and, and that's not my, the main thing that I read Brandon right. books for, right? I read it for plot and world building and characters are probably a, in third for me. Like plot is yeah. always the most important. I will say mm-hmm. the, the book was paced, I felt, very tightly. Like, like there was mm-hmm. not like a chapter that didn't have a point. I don't know, I just grace. wish the ending was better <laughs> Like it was, it was all good but I just didn't like the ending that Brandon wrote Which is fine, that doesn't mean it's bad But it just was That's not to fine. my taste mm-hmm.
5: For me, the way Spencer dealt with the Delver Is kind of the only way You could deal with something like that like, the only
0: way it's
2: either she loses and everyone dies, or she manages to do like something. That a much better
0: cliffhanger to me.
1: <laughs>
2: no, she <laughs> Why no, a she a would Bucks. die. Is the thing yeah. she would die and everyone dies. Oh, and there's uh, so and, much uh, plot start, contrivance. And everything we can in the make area. So plot contrivance is fine, but only when you like it.
0: <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I don't. Though, I, well, I'm. <laughs> I, I mean, things can things can be convenient. Nuke.
2: Things <laughs> can be convenient, but only if it. You know. It's like things I mean, are always I'm not, convenient.
0: I'm not, no, I'm I'm just saying, like, the, the cliffhanger felt unnecessary to me. Uh, any okay. final thoughts, friends? <laughs> we're, we're still friends, right? Oh, yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I just liked it re- uh, like a lot, and I'm super excited for the next. This is...
5: So, there was one writerly thing that Brendan did in this book that I really liked, which was there's a concept of, like, try-fail cycles where it's, like, where a character will try to do something a couple times before succeeding, which Brandon kind of inverted in that, like, he, Spencer revealed herself to Kuna first, and it went well.
6: Yeah, mm, that's And true. then
5: she tried to do it with Braid, and it just did not. Like, when Spencer did that, it was like oh, no, you already succeeded with this. It's not going to work.
0: Right. And that True. didn't. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a fun little thing. Final mm-hmm. thoughts, Alex?
1: Braid is the best and <laughs> most interesting character <laughs> in this series. Um, And I would die for her. Um, uh, But no, I'm very interested in the societies and how the superiority will shake out and figure okay. out its place with humans. Yes, Ian? That's, that's what I'm here for. I,
5: also do we think detritus is a dead delver
1: yes i do i thought that i thought that was gonna
2: be the reveal this book yeah Uh, never occurred
6: to me
4: oh so i I don't think
0: the idea ben is that there's tunnels that have symbols that are nowhere symbols that appeared on both the delver mazes the delver maze and the the maze looked similar
2: the then and the maze like the the delver maze that they were training in looked really similar to the shipyards that they were flying through in skyward well, um, the so
3: shipyard's like, are built Like the, like, the no, tunnels no, no. inside that. Well, yeah,
2: oh yeah, and the tunnels, and well, the well, tunnels. Well, so it was both.
3: The 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 times when it looks like the shipyard and the times where it looks like the tunnels were illusions.
1: Yeah, I thought those were hallucinations. Yeah,
3: they they they, they would go away when she like pointed pulling,
1: that out. It was pulling something out of Spence's yeah. head and making. But her it was see also. Things, like, I think the, there was these like, things
2: also uh, happened when the Delver was was uh, specifically in contact with her, which I thought was like it was always very weird. Because they, she saw like plenty of like weird illusions, like ooh it's blood, ooh it's like weird and flesh, ooh it's moss. Yeah. But when the when the was peeking in, that's when it looked like detritus.
3: Yeah, because it was pulling these memories from her mind.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why I, why detritus?
3: I, I think it was just, just a old 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 connection old, old with Spencer. Yeah. But, but
0: there's nowhere symbols on detritus.
3: Yes. Pisha yeah. mentions those yeah. symbols were around where they mined the acclivity stones. Yeah, I assume those symbols were related. To-
0: that matters a lot. Yeah,
3: so I figured yeah. that's just for the reason they're in the tunnels under oh, Tristis because that's no. where the humans would go to nowhere and mine acclivity stones and come out.
0: Okay, I they're think, just think like we f- need symbols on a stargate. I think like we a- need another <laughs> <That's a> lore <laughs> predictions cast. We need another yeah, lore that's a predictions <laughs> cast. <Yeah. laughs> I think having reread that and people were asking is detritus a delver like i don't know if the entire thing is but like the if you he read just, it thinking about that, there's illusions there, I think. I think that's a theory. We know
2: that the humans have been able to get a dead Delver. Why not, mm.
1: too?
0: Yeah, that'd be super easy. I, they're they're I easy think, anyway to kill, so yeah. it's fine. I
1: think my my theory would be detritus has a natural connection to the nowhere, but not necessarily that it is itself a dead. Yeah. Like, I think more like it has, like, natural nowhere portals. Yeah, because the nowhere symbols... ...tunnels will, or something. They grab bits the Delver and put it into
2: the planet? Sure. But there Possibly. is something there because
1: yeah. it has a connection to the nowhere. Definitely, I I'll give you that but, one. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this. the We'll you. figure okay. it out. Okay.
0: Ben, final thoughts.
3: Um, I will read uh, the next book, Pure Leaf, so that uh, for this podcast. If I wasn't on this podcast, I would not be reading. I wouldn't even finish our side, to be quite honest.
0: Uh, Grace, oh, wow. Grace said the same thing that wow. if it wasn't Brandon, she would not read the series until it was done. Yeah, Grace yeah. said the same thing. Uh, and, wow. Yeah, and I...
3: I will say, me, me and Grace spoke a bit, because when I found out she wasn't going to be on the podcast, I started using her as the person to talk to her about this. So yeah, <laughs> yeah me and Grace yeah. agree on a lot. Uh,
0: <laughs> I thought it was much, uh, this book was much less tense than Skyward, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was not quite what I was expecting out of a Skyward sequel, uh, but it was pretty good. And I just have personal issues with the ending that's 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 my that's my thoughts uh and and i am i i do feel deflated and i am not excited for the next book
6: i'm still excited
0: i'm i'm (laughs) sad about mbot though like i i am i am curious what's going on there like that mbot's arc was really good we we we've done a third podcast where we barely talk about (laughs) it
1: sorry about
2: sorry about. we love you we just
1: you're just not plot interesting we're all in agreement about mbot being great (laughs)
0: Yeah. 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 Okay, Ben, bring us in because holy crap, this is another ludicrously
3: long episode as per usual. two hours usual. and
2: 45 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs>
3: Ooh. It's time for Who's That Skyward Character?
1: Characters from Roshar. Menace.
3: Tia. Yeah, Tom. Raise. Void in drag on a horse.
0: It's time for <laughs> Who's That Cosmere Character?
5: I'm going to lose. Because <laughs> I think I'm also going to lose because I did not reread
1: Skyward. Yeah. We, 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 and I did, we f- but I'm not great at names. <laughs> so great. Also- and... and- don't care about Skyward quite as much. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I care
0: about starsize so much more than I ever cared and, about Skyward. And uh, I, I know Jess has sent in some, Ben, uh, and I know yes. she's written uh, most of the Skyward Flight articles, so I'm terrified. I
3: Basically, <laughs> so I put out a thing asking people to send in uh-huh. uh, Skyward characters because... I've had the Sky just being one book that most of you guys haven't read in a while. I'm going to go with all the ones that are slightly
1: easier. That's am not going on. to go for
3: like the random one-off engineer that was in like two scenes. Sorry, Paleo. Uh, like a, a
1: medium spicy sort <laughs> of. Yes.
3: Cool. <laughs> so this one was sent in by a 73 my right. male Lee. Yeah. Oh, ooh, his yes. name's William. It's just
1: backwards. William backwards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. So William yeah, yeah.
3: backwards seventy three. He sent <laughs> in. <laughs> Clue number one. This character is described as distinctive. Oh God. As
6: what? Amar as what? distinctive.
1: <laughs> Arturo.
3: It's not Arturo.
6: <laughs>
1: I. I'm not going to be able to make real guesses because I totally don't remember names. I just guess go Skyward characters. We got like the 20. Skyward flight person who had like the bright blue hair. That's mine.
3: It is name. not Bim. Okay,
1: cool. We, we, between the four of us, we
0: have 20 guesses. We could get through a lot of the Skyward <laughs> characters. <laughs> That's a, a lot of Skyward
3: characters. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, just, we could just yeah. get there. Hey, you know, someone could have sent these in and there's actually is a Starlight character in there. You
2: never know. Is it FM?
3: It is not FM. Just gonna go with Jorgen. Whatever. <laughs> it's Jorgen.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, like, that was my other guess.
1: That was my <laughs> other guess. I was like obvious. <laughs> I was like Jorgen's the only one I'd be able to guess, and he's just, we're not gonna choose him.
4: <laughs> <laughs> great, I should have uh, guessed
1: yeah. it. I was Tartan.
2: like, I was like, I was like, it can't be Jorgen. I'll guess FM. Flawless. That's, that was end the episode.
0: Was great, we did it. We did it, <laughs> everyone. No,
4: Just kidding. No. Just kidding. Let's do uh, clue number no, two is this character's
3: alive. That's a joke. Yeah. Clue number three is this character had a hard time explaining to people how they feel. Clue number four is this character frequently gives advice. And clue number five is this character feels way down by someone else's expectations. <laughs> His
0: name's Jorgen Wade. Cool. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you,
0: you didn't get the pun? Oh, that's a good pun. I like that.
3: <laughs> that's a good pun. Um, right. Should I go for a hard one then? Oh, God.
1: Sure. Uh, harder, than, harder than Jorgen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's not do Spencer next. You're going to regret
3: saying that. <laughs> well, this, I already <laughs> regret
1: it. Who's okay. this one from?
3: Okay, so this next one was sent in by 8giraffe8, uh, who says we're allowed to criticize their clues as much as we want. So well, I mean, we, uh, always anyway, so. <laughs> we always do that Aww. anyway. We always do that anyway. Clue number one. This character is female. FM. It's not FM. Iron Sides. It's not Iron Sides.
1: Spencer's mom.
3: It is not Spencer's mum. Did we get a name for her yet? No, we, we don't. don't we so. still don't have a name I know for her. That she moved.
2: <laughs> oh. Is it Dr. Theor?
3: It's not Dr. Theor. Okay. okay. Clue number two. This character works in the administration.
1: Oh. Administration? I'm out of guesses. Kuna. <laughs> Kuna. Kuna. Wait, wait, wait. Are there, are there Star Sight characters in here or are these Skyward characters? Hmm.
0: This is Skyward. better. I'm guessing. Okay,
1: okay. I thought it was only Skyward characters. Yeah, because he set this up before Starsight came out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is it Jorgen's mom?
3: (laughs) It is not Jorgen's mom. Oh, that's
0: good, though. She has a name, but uh, I forgot who that name was.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, no, maybe I should double check then, just in case. I'll double check.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Does it it end with wait?
3: (laughs) <laughs> There's nothing in here about the whether they're not being since uh, Jorgen's mom, so it might be.
0: <laughs> Her, his mom yeah. has a last name of Wait.
3: They just sent in the first name.
0: Oh, okay. You should yeah. definitely go to the cover, mind, Ben! Oh my god. Oh no, I <laughs> don't look up Jorgen's mom's name,
2: because I... I just
0: page. look at
2: Jorgen! Yeah, uh,
0: just let look me, at Jorgen. Let me, That's let true.
2: Let
6: me just It'll list, like, it like
0: family members, okay. right? Jorgen, cavern yeah. uh, That would be... Uh, jessua wait it's
3: not jessua wait okay great
0: perfect all right
6: cool
0: in the administration who's not ironsides and not dr theor that's rough is this like another assembly member
2: well jorgen's mom was part of the
0: yeah she was
6: Mm
1: -hmm. I don't remember any of her assembly members. I'm just like, do we know anything about FM's family? She was also
6: First Citizens, wasn't
2: she? Yeah, but her family doesn't show up. Yeah.
3: Is it Ned's mom? It's not Ned's mom. Gosh, cool.
5: like—is <laughs> it Arturo's mom? <laughs> I, mean, I think I already
3: guessed, but oh well. Okay, um, so clue number three: this character provokes Spencer
6: about her father. Oh. Oh. iron Ironsides. Hmm? Ironsides! It's not Ironsides. You guessed
5: Ironsides already. I guess Ironside's last time, didn't
1: I? No, it was this time. I, no, remember. It was this time. I don't remember People. any characters, so my guess is Doomslug. So
3: It's not, not Doomslug. <laughs> Y'all can
1: is, continue. Is with it, the real
3: game.
2: Is it Mrs. Vermeer? Oh.
1: It's not Mrs.
0: Vermeer. Oh, that was what I was thinking, though, Shannon. Oh, good. Uh, I didn't remember the name. I think she should get a bonus point for remembering who Mrs. I, Vermeer was. <laughs> I still but, don't remember who. <laughs> <That's the
1: teacher.
6: laughs> she's, she's the teacher.
0: Yeah, the teacher. But she's not a member of the administration.
2: But she's the female character in Authority. I, I
0: know, I know. That's, uh, that's why I was going there. I was, I'm 100% with you there. Uh, oh my god. I have no idea who's... I don't know. I'll pass.
2: We're gonna cool. hear it and be like, oh my god, them.
3: <laughs> I don't think you will. <laughs> character number four. Clue number four. Uh, this character is around Spencer's age.
2: In the administration? Oh, it's Dia Vamir.
3: Damn! Yeah, it's Dia.
0: <laughs> Boom!
3: That's uh, Mrs. Vermeer's daughter. Oh. <laughs> yeah, who is uh, <laughs> yes. five was in Spencer's class, and she's a right. uh, she's a little yeah. uh, right, not very right. nice person, and she bullies. Oh, yeah, her about that.
0: What does it mean? She's in the administration. Uh, what does that mean so That's where her job because, placement is? Oh,
3: okay, yeah, she, okay. got, she got a job there. So, yeah. Fine. Yeah, I totally don't
1: remember this person
3: <laughs> <laughs> They're she, in I one mean, scene I went, Jorgen's easy one scene. G- g- Give me something harder
2: <laughs> Let's <laughs> find uh, a middle ground
3: yeah. yeah, let's
0: let's do one more
3: Character wow. number three was sent in by Lady Lameness Oh, we're screwed <laughs> So, clue number one This character has siblings
2: Great, is it Ned?
3: It's not Ned
0: Is it yeah. Nightstorm 7,
3: one of Ned's it's, brothers? It's not Nightstorm Seven. <laughs>
2: it's <laughs> it's it the one
3: who six. died in the maze. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Nightstorm it, Six either.
1: <laughs> is it? Um, who's the girl who doesn't speak the language very well?
3: Morning, morning, tide. morning tide.
1: tide. Morning Tide.
3: It's not Morning Tide.
1: Okay.
0: Was it both Nightstorm Six and Seven? I know Nightstorm <laughs> Seven was one of them. I know that for sure.
5: Yeah.
2: Ian's thinking real hard. <laughs>
5: I'm just we'll trying be. to remember any mention of si- the word sibling in yeah. a book I read like a year ago. The <laughs> <laughs> The, has the Night pibblings. Yes, Pibblings.
6: Pibblings.
5: I'm going to pass until I have more clues. Okay. Yeah. Good
3: morning. Clue, sure. number, clue number two. Of this character is a pilot.
2: Is it Jorgen?
3: It's not Jorgen. Is it Arturo? It's not There. Oto- oh,
4: Arthur.:
3: oh, <laughs> it's not that person either. <laughs> is it Kimmelin? It's not Kimmelin.
4: Is
1: it Cobb?
3: It's not Cobb. Cool. This is clue number cool. three. This character has a slight accent.
1: We already guessed Kimmelin. Is it FM?
3: It is FM.
1: Hey, <laughs> three for the
0: three for with Eric. Hey, <laughs> Jess had not sent me these before. She likes to watch me
3: suffer. I guarantee it. Clue number four was this character is politically outspoken, and clue number five is oh, okay, this character good. shares a name with a mythological creature.
0: I, I didn't definitely did not remember that she had a sibling. Wait, that's for sure. What's, uh,
1: what's, what's FM's name? One? Mythological creature? What? Wait,
3: what? what was the clue? The this character shares the name of the mythological creature. Uh, what was FM's name? I mean, I, I would... This
4: is, you a read this a year Arturo. ago.
2: <laughs> no, that's his call sign. Her yeah, name. his call sign is a mythological name. Oh, no. no,
4: her
5: name's cross-
0: Freya. Oh, oh there yeah. you go. Oh. What a great name. I love the name Freya.
3: That is really good. Um, uh,
0: I, th- I cool. mean, I, I I have no doubt that Jess was accurate, considering she was literally read Skyward seven <laughs> times to get uh, all the Skyward flight articles correct. Oh, yeah. And she was like, oh man, I'll really need to update a lot of them in Star Side. Like, and then I'm just thinking to myself, no, you won't. It'll actually also be really Eric, easy to update them.
3: <laughs> you know, and you were joking like, about new articles. Uh, Eric, you know you were joking about uh, Nightstorm Pilot Seven. That was one of the characters she sent in. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you guessed that first, I was like, are you sure Jess didn't tell you she was No sending no no it? no
0: we've just talked about Nightstone 7 a lot. We have a very interesting relationship. <laughs> Alright. Cool. Alright, guys. Well, this was a fun and very peaceful shard cast. Uh and if you want to support We're all in agreement, the superiority yes. <laughs> would be
5: proud of us. No aggressiveness without overt aggression.
0: Uh, I don't know if that was accurate. So I, I, don't, I I I feel like I was pretty aggressive, and the superiority would not like uh, what <laughs> I said. The rest of
5: us were good.
1: Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Definitely yeah I'm, a lot I'm of, going to jail. a lot of teeth
0: here too. Yeah, I'm so. I'm going into the nowhere, and I guess I'll find some delvers <laughs> there. Uh, but fall on 17 dot for all your news, discussion, theories, and fun that you could ever want. You leave us a comment below. You go to the forums. Go to Discord. Let's talk about Starsight. Uh Everyone has opinions on this book, and so could you. What? That's what I just said. It doesn't matter. Uh, go on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube. We will serve you on iTunes. You can support conversations like this on Patreon and give us money so Ben's webcam isn't crap. Uh,
4: and
3: we will see you all next time. bye
6: bye Bye.
3: time for the actual podcast after the false ending now bye
6: (laughs) 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 call